Hey, Daniel. <clears throat> Excuse me. Hey, Daniel. Can you hear me? Hey, Pierce. Yeah, I can hear you. How do I sound? You sound pretty good. All right. Great. So thanks uh, for having me over today. Yeah, no problem at all. Um, thanks for being here. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited. Well, awesome. Uh, so what exactly did you want to talk about? Well, we were, um, I guess the plan was to talk about, uh, you know, your belief in, in Christianity, right? Um, and, mm-hmm. I, and I also agreed to, um, if you had questions for me, you know, I have no problem with you asking questions to me. And uh, yeah, we'll kind of kind of go from there. I just, so I guess we could focus it on, you know, our epistemologies and uh, reasons for belief. Okay. Yeah, that sounds good. Okay, cool. So I guess uh, usually the first question is, um, you know, uh, what what is the belief? So I guess what do you believe? Well, I believe that there is a God who made everything and that he made the world in such a way that um, human beings could have free will. And they used that will that they had that ability to rebel against him. And then he sent his son, Jesus Christ, to earth about 2,000 years ago to die on a cross and essentially pay the price of man for our rebellion so that we can be redeemed in the sight of God, even though we're filthy, rotten sinners. And that way... When we stand before God, he'll see his perfect son and uh, we'll be able to enter back into a relationship with God because of the work of Christ. And we will be able to spend eternity with him through faith. Okay, gotcha. I think uh, I think that's uh, my understanding of Christianity for the most part. I'm going to repeat it back to you just to make sure I got it right. But I think I, I think I have a pretty good understanding. So a uh, God creator of pretty much everything. Um, everything but humans. himself. And okay. evil. Everything but himself. And evil. Okay. And uh, he gave humans, uh, maybe just humans, I don't know about animals, but gave humans free will. Yeah, definitely humans. Okay. And then uh, his son Jesus uh, died to pay for man's rebelliousness. And then I guess uh, if you believe uh you you get eternal life is that what i'm hearing well everyone's going to live forever but if you believe you will live in heaven forever and and if you don't then you'll pay the price for your sins and live in hell forever okay understood uh i guess would you like to talk about these as a whole or would you like to talk about one specifically well, um, I, I'd be interested to know what your beliefs are as well. Sure. So um, I guess regarding uh, Christianity and I guess everything you've uh, told me here, and I guess that wouldn't necessarily apply to just Christ- Christianity. It would be uh, pretty much any religion, whether it's uh, um, you know Hinduism, Buddhism, uh, Islam, uh, any of those. Um, I, if they haven't really – nothing has – uh, convinced me that is true. I've never uh, come across 
a uh, somebody using a method that I thought was like reliable to the point where I think I should believe that it's true. So I kind of am on the point where it's like, um, I don't actively believe that uh, this isn't the case. I don't actively believe that there isn't a God, but I have yet to be convinced that there is. So you're treating agnosticism as default? Um, I, su- I suppose so. Um, that'd be one way of wording it. I mean, because either there is a God or there isn't, right? would agree, yes. So you're saying I need to be convinced that there is, which means you, you think that there not being uh, an intelligence behind everything is not the default. You think that uh, default is that everything can come from a non-intelligent source and that you need to be sh- given good reason to believe that it could come from a intelligent source. Is that fair to say? No, I, not quite. Uh, I would say that I, I wouldn't necessarily. I, I think there would be have to be some sort of evidence either way um, that either it came from something intelligent or unintelligent. At this point, uh, I can't say that I would know either way. It could be either or, I suppose. Yeah, but uh, it seems like you don't need to be convinced that uh, that there isn't a god because you're kind of starting yes, i would have that, to no no i would no um i would have to be convinced that there is not a god i am not convinced that there is not a god so you're like strictly agnostic yeah okay so you, you don't have any belief either way correct yep okay but you do believe okay. that there's a universe and stuff right oh um well i mean Pretty much. I like I would I have to live my life under the assumption that there is a universe because well, here we are, right? We're sharing a reality here. So it sure as yeah. heck seems like it, I suppose, you know. Mm-hmm. But I mean I guess if there was evidence that would suggest otherwise, you know, I guess I would be willing to change my mind. But uh yeah, sure 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 seems like there's a universe. <laughs> you mean based on like <laughs> sense data and stuff? Yeah. Okay. Okay, go ahead. Okay, cool. Okay, so um, I guess how about we t- talk about it, uh, about these uh, beliefs as a whole, I suppose, if, if you're okay with that. Yeah, sure. I mean, they're all part of the Christian uh, doctrine. Yeah. Sure. So um, I guess let's start off by uh, how confident are you that uh, this is true? I would say a hundred percent. One hundred percent And what exactly do you mean by one hundred percent? I mean that I literally do not believe that I could be wrong about this. Okay. Does that mean that there's nothing that you could discover that would lower your confidence? Um yeah, I don't think that there's anything that could lower my confidence, <clears throat> frankly. Okay, okay. Even like if we take a step out of uh, reality and we're th- we're uh, thinking of things that are completely uh, unobtainable, uh, is there still nothing that you could learn that could lower your confidence? I don't think so. Okay. Okay. 
I guess, why is that the case? Well, the reasons would be personal because I've had personal experiences that to me have really um, verified um, that Christianity is true. I believe that the fact that there's a God is very easy to demonstrate and to prove because I can very, to me, I can very easily disprove that atheism is true. And by disproving atheism, that automatically requires that God must exist. So, um, and there are many other arguments as well for the existence of God that I find very sound and compelling. So there's good reasons, but then I have personal reasons and personal experiences on top of that. And I also am very aware of things in the world, uh, the goings on. Um, I mean, this probably isn't something that you really want to talk about, but um, I guess what I'll say is that I've studied the way that the world actually works as far as the people that are really in charge. And I've studied occultism for several years. I'm sure you probably didn't want to talk about occultism, so I'll just mention it. But uh, to me, there's no question in my mind um, now that there is a very real battle between Christianity and basically Satan and his side that's being waged. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, there's no question about that. So, um, so I've got personal experience. Um, the reality of the war between Christians and uh, and Satan and his side, and then um, the compelling evidence for a triune God, which comes from arguments like the contingency argument and also transcendental arguments and uh, cosmological argument and then moral argument and uh, things of that nature. Okay, gotcha. Thank you for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, mm-hmm. of, of these, I think there was like four four or five different reasons. Uh, are there any of these that if you just, uh, you didn't have that reason available to you, that your confidence would be lowered? Um, well, they all work together. So I don't think so. Okay. Uh, is there one that is more important to you? or more important to your confidence than the rest? Um, I would say my personal experience as a Christian and the uh, changes that have happened to my life since I became a Christian is probably the most crucial part of why I believe what I do. Okay. Understood. Uh, would you like to talk about your personal experience then? Yeah, I could talk a little bit about it. So when I was an atheist, I was very selfish and um, I didn't care about people at all. I had practically zero empathy, almost a psychopath. I mean, borderline probably. Um, And I was totally addicted to pornography. I basically lived my life through my genitals. Um, I was not pleasant to talk to. Most people really couldn't stand me because I thought I was better than everyone. I kind of looked at people like they were ants, I guess you could say, and um, enjoyed making fun of people. I enjoyed belittling people, putting them down. 
And let's see, I, I smoked, I swore all the time, constantly, um, gambled. It's just very, a very unpleasant and, you know, unhappy person overall. And when I got saved, when I finally got down and, and gave my life to God, I didn't expect for him to make changes in my life. I just, because the things that I was doing, the things that, the way that I was, I didn't think that there was any problem with it. It's kind of like, a, you know, fish don't realize that they're wet, you know, because they've always been wet. And that was really my attitude towards all of my sin, towards the way that I was. I didn't realize that there was anything wrong with me. Uh, another thing I'll mention that I also find very interesting is um, my I, I used to love rock and roll music. And I used to love listening to uh, or sorry, watching uh, Hollywood movies, especially uh, really degenerate ones like Pulp Fiction and uh, and things like that. So when I got saved, though suddenly God changed my nature, even though I didn't expect him to. Um, things just started suddenly uh, changing. My my view of things changed. You know, I would uh, hear someone take the Lord's name in vain, you know, and say, Jesus Christ. And I would think to myself, why did they do that? And before I was saved, I would have never even noticed it. You know, it's just a way of speaking. But suddenly it bothered me. Suddenly when someone used the F word, it bothered me. Suddenly I, I started to feel like maybe I should not be watching pornography anymore. And suddenly I'd be watching a movie and think, why did they need to put that sex scene right there? Was that really necessary? Did that add anything to the story? I just started to have these questions all of a sudden about things that I used to find totally normal. And bit by bit, God just completely changed my heart and uh, changed my way of thinking about sin so that I no longer wanted to do those things. I no longer wanted to be mean to people. I actually cared about people. I no longer wanted to smoke. Uh, my wife and I, who she was my girlfriend at the time when I got saved, she got saved as well. We both quit smoking and she used to love smoking and swearing even more than I did. And she does neither. And I'm the same. And um, what I'm trying to say is that the way that I was, I no longer am. And I didn't get saved thinking I need to change. I got saved thinking um, that God was uh, someone. Basically, my reasoning was I knew that God existed. And if God existed, then he was good. And if he was good, then why wasn't I serving him? That's why I got saved. Um, so it, it wasn't really, uh, I wasn't really thinking about changing myself, but God made all these changes to me and just basically completely, uh, uh, altered my life and turned it 180 degrees and changed me into a person that you, you, most people couldn't even recognize. I mean, I was deployed when I got saved and when I got back, one of my coworkers who was also saved, he came and talked to me and he said, did something happen when you were deployed? And I said, um, well, a lot of things happened. And he said, well, I just asked because when you left, I couldn't stand you. But now, now that you're back, I actually want to come and talk to you. And I was dreading you coming back. 
But now I actually enjoy talking to you. I find myself wanting to come and talk to you. And he and I have actually become very good friends since um, to the point where we're, uh, we're actually going to put him in the will in our will and, and let uh, if, if something were happening to my wife and I, he would be the one that would uh, take care of our kids. That's how close we've become. So oh, wow. I, I don't mean to uh, filibuster here. I'm just trying to explain in, in some detail uh, why. Um, oh, that's okay. Thank what you. I mean. I appreciate it. Um, I, I'd like to do kind of a quick, quick check here. Sometimes uh, with these kinds of conversations, people's uh, confidence can change. It can go down. And I just want to ask you, if your confidence well, it were to de- decrease your confidence that, uh, you know, God is real. Uh, would, would you be okay? Like as a person, like, would you, would you be able to continue on with your life and be okay? Well, to me, God either exists or he doesn't. And mm-hmm. I've already given him my life. And um, my mind is completely made up that God does exist and that God is a necessary precondition for the existence of knowledge or um, or my ability to reason such that if I didn't believe in God, technically I should just lay down and die. But uh, mm. I truly believe that atheism is uh, totally contradictory and impossible as a worldview and that it, it's not possible that God does not exist. So to me, there's no no question about my confidence in the existence of God. The only question is, uh, will I be faithful and serve him each day? And uh, will, will I be a good steward of the things that he has entrusted to me? Will I be a, a good Christian or not? That's the only question as far as I'm concerned. Gotcha. Um, I guess to reword the question just a little bit differently, because um, I think we had a different understanding of the way I worded it. Uh with regards to this conversation, uh, do you think that it's going to be harmful to you in any way? Um, I think that if it were possible for God to not exist and I were to like grant that, which I wouldn't, but just for sake of the conversation, um, yeah. I think that, yes, it would absolutely be harmful because if there's no God, then there's no meaning to life. Um, there would be no... Uh, point in actually discussing morality because it would all just be totally subjective. Um, there would be no reason to trust in our reasoning itself. There would be no justification for knowledge. Um, there would be no justification for free will, which is kind of essential for making sense out of our world. But if there's no God, then everything should be determined by just matter and motion laws of physics, that type of thing. So, um, yeah. yeah, if there's no God, uh, that would have huge ramifications and consequences to my worldview. But I mm. simply don't find that possible. And no atheist really lives like that. So, Okay. I guess I'm going to put you in the driver's seat because I'm, I'm a little bit hesitant to continue with um, just because I know that people, it's possible that this might um, reduce your confidence or at least, uh, or I mean, if it's all or nothing, then maybe you'd swap. I don't know. I have no idea. (laughs) Well, uh, (laughs) I was an atheist until I was 28. I'm not swapping back. 
Okay. No way. Um, so I get. So I guess with that being said, I'm putting you in the driver's seat. Uh, would Would you like to continue? You mean uh, you want me to ask you questions and figure out where you're at? No. Um, I mean just with the conversation in general. Um, what do you want me to talk about? Um, well, I, what I was going to do, um, with your permission, like I said, I'm putting you in the driver's seat. I would like to talk about the reliability of your personal reasons. And then you explained it all that, you know, when you were an atheist, you were selfish. And then um, you became a Christian and you're not as selfish. You have more empathy. You stop smoking all these, you know, great things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, Oh, yeah. And, uh, and I, I also want to mention, too, that uh, the, the biggest miracle, which I, I don't mean to cut you off. But I just really want to mention okay. it while I'm thinking about it is. The absolute biggest miracle to me was that I was able to stop watching pornography because I was completely addicted to that. I mean, <clears throat> it was like a ritual for me. And uh, when I tried to when I first started trying to stop, it was like something would come over me. You know, I would go for like a week and then something would just come over me. And uh, it was like I couldn't stop myself from going and watching pornography. It was terrible, um, like I was possessed or something. And I, I just thought that it was a hopeless case that I was never going to be able to stop because of that. And I prayed about it and I, I asked God to help me with it. And I asked my wife to pray with me and to help me with it. And he did. Um, what I ended up doing was I talked to my wife. I, I'm not trying to filibuster. I just want to tell this story really quickly. But I talked to my wife and I said, listen, if I look at pornography. I'm going to tell you. I want you to ask me every couple days if I've looked at it because I'm not going to lie to you because I love you. And, um, you know, I just want you to keep me accountable. And she said, okay, I will. And ever since that conversation, which happened about three years ago, I have not looked one time, not once. I mean, I've been on the internet. I've seen things, you know, scrolling on Twitter and, you know, that type of stuff, but I have never went and looked and anytime I've seen anything that might have used to make me want to lust, I just immediately go past it. My eyes never linger, you know? Um, and that's another thing I want to mention when I was an atheist, if a woman walked past me, I would look at her butt every time. I mean, she was any kind of young, any kind of, you know, cute. That's where I was looking and I would lust after her. And I'm not that way anymore. Even though I can get away with it still, I no longer have the desire to do that because I care about my wife and I care about doing the right thing even when no one is looking and no one will know. And, uh, you know, it's those kinds of changes uh, to me that I find just incredibly miraculous and profound. But anyway, so go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Um, Well, I guess, uh, would it be okay if I... uh ask some questions about the, you know, the reliability of the personal reasons. Yeah, sure. Okay, cool. So, um, you know, I think I have a pretty good understanding. So I'm not sure I have to repeat it back so much. Um, Well, that uh, means I explained it well, right? Yeah, I think you did. So, I mean, basically what I got out of it was, it was a total character transformation. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it's like the Bible says that uh, you'll be born again. You'll be you'll be born new. The old man will die, and you'll be born a, a new creation. The Bible literally says that, and I didn't know that when I got yeah. saved, but I found that out. Do you think? 
you think that uh, someone, uh, let's say they were an atheist, and then they picked up the Quran and started reading it and became convinced that it was true and no longer wanted to, to do any of the things that they were they were doing as an atheist and wanted to you know convert, convert to Islam? And they made all these radical changes, and it really changed their character and who they were. Um, do you think um, that's a reliable way to know that Islam is true? Well, it's not quite the same because you said that they picked up the Quran and read it. Um, I wasn't reading the Bible when this okay. happened to me. Um, I didn't yeah. know. How did, hmm? how did you discover um, Christianity then? Well. I was raised Christian as a as a child with my family, but I never liked it. I used to despise going to church, actually. Um, when I got to the point where I was 14 and I was bigger than my mom, she took me to church. And we got to, we got to the church, and I got out of the car. I looked at my mom, and I said, I'm not going to church today. I'm going to walk back home, and I'm not going anymore because I was dreading it so much. And after that, I got really into atheism for about the next at least six to seven years. I was a really big fan of Hitchens, but I'm, I'm kind of filibustering again. So um, did I answer yeah, your question? Yeah, I guess um, you were about to get there. So what, what brought you into Christianity or back to Christianity? Well, um, basically the – it was mostly me thinking, I mean, ultimately it was God, but um, I was genuinely seeking because I had realized, I mean, I think you read all this in my story of why I left atheism, but that was the big thing that really got me moving was that I was in this discord, you know what discord is actually, obviously, because we talk there. But I was uh, I was in the politics discord with a bunch of atheists and we were talking and and I'll try and say this quickly because I'm talking a lot. But uh, they said that a uh, atheism could not justify objective morality, which I thought was total nonsense, because even though I was a psychopath almost and, um, you know, I was very selfish, I always thought that it was wrong to do certain things, you know, like rape was wrong. It didn't matter if everyone disagreed. It didn't matter if everyone said, Oh, rape's fine tomorrow, that it would still be wrong. You know, it wasn't uh, my opinion versus your opinion. No, certain things like rape, murder, you know, are actually wrong. There are moral facts that are real. I've always believed that. And they told me that that's not the case. If there's no God, that, Atheism cannot justify or ground objective morality. And I thought that was total nonsense. So I set out to prove them wrong because it was important to me. I was an atheist. I cared about atheism. I thought atheism was true. And so I tried for three to four years to come up with a system on my own to justify and account for objective moral values and duties without God. And I tried for three to four years. And eventually I realized the totality of the problem, you know, because they told me about Hume's guillotine, which says that you cannot get an ought from an is. And if there is only in atheism, there is only what is that's it. So you cannot get oughts from that. 
um, any goal that you make, you know, you might say, well, I want humans to flourish, but that's your subjective goal. And other people can make their own subjective goals. So if you say, well, humans, I, I think humans should flourish and that's a goal. And then all the things that create more flourishing are good and the things that don't are bad. But you came up with that goal, human flourishing, subjectively. That's not a real actual goal in the universe. you know. So it's still subjective. And a lot of people don't understand that. It's all subjective nonsense if there's no God. So, um, yeah, that was the big, that was the first really big thing was I realized that if I was really going to be honest about atheism, I was going to have to admit and swallow the pill that there is no objective morality and that I may not like rape, but if somebody else wants to rape, they have just as much of a right to do it as I do to not do it. And their opinion is just as valid as mine. And that was total nonsense to me. And that should be nonsense to everybody, by the way. I don't know how anybody can look at someone with a straight face and say that they truly believe morality is just a matter of opinion. Uh, nobody really lives like that. Um, so once I realized that I, I might have to swallow that pill, then I really started to seriously uh, look more into atheism and, and say, okay, well, if I can't justify objective morality – what else about atheism, you know, what other, what are the other philosophical consequences of atheism? Am I being consistent in my atheism? Am I being consistent in my epistemology? And I started to realize that actually I wasn't. I was, there were these huge issues with, and inconsistencies. And then I realized that there was actually a blatant contradiction. And that's why I know that atheism cannot be true. Um, so, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah, you did. You did. And I'd like to, to bring back uh, my, my question. I'm going to kind of tailor it a little bit differently at, um, this time. So I guess let's suppose there was an atheist. And he jumped onto Discord and he went to the politics um, channel. What is it called? I forgot what they're called. Onto the politics Discord server. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, there's all these atheists, uh, you know, talking about, um, you know, morality. And he sets off to, you know, prove that uh, objective morality exists. And then he ends up can't proving, he ends up, he's unable to prove it. So then, um, you know, he was initially raised uh, in Islam. And he finds out that uh, objective morality is, you know, possible in Islam. And then he determines that uh -huh. uh, that Islam is true. Do you think that he has used a reliable method? Do you think that that means Islam is true? Um, I think it would mean that God exists. I don't think it would mean that Islam okay. is true. So the moral argument is not an argument for the God of Christianity necessarily. It is an argument for a God that could be the God of Christianity. And a God that is very much like the God of Christianity, but not necessarily the God of Christianity. And I don't believe that Muslims and Christians worship the same God. So does that answer your question? Yeah, I think so. I guess with regards to the objective morality, you said that uh, when you were an atheist that you strongly believed, like 100% it sounded like, that uh, that was the case. And you still believe yes. it today, I would assume. Yeah, I believed that objective morality was real 
and that mm. it could be accounted for. But I found out that I was wrong. Found out that you're wrong about objective morality? I found out that if atheism is true, objective morality cannot be true. Oh, okay. It cannot exist. Gotcha. I guess prior to you finding that out, uh, why did you believe that ob objective morality was true? Um, because to me, once again, the idea of saying like there's nothing actually wrong with the Holocaust or there's nothing actually wrong with raping a child. Um, to me, those kinds of sentences are just absolutely absurd. So there's just something so intuitively and obviously objectively wrong about certain actions that, uh, I mean, I don't think that it's even a question. And if anybody wants to say that there is no actual objective morality, just start lying to them and watch how they react. You know, and then when they when they say, well, you're being dishonest, say, well, should I be honest? You know, because really, if they were to be consistent, they shouldn't be getting upset with your behavior because you have just as much right to act however you want as they do. And, and if they don't believe in objective moral values and duties, then they have no right to say, well, you should care about my preferences more than your preferences. So if I just I'm don't think that there's. Can I jump yeah. in with a question? Yeah. If we if we value each other, you know, each other as human beings, is yeah. there a way that we should act? Um if we value each other as human beings, yes, uh there is a way that we should act. But once again, that would just be a subjective valuing because somebody mm -hmm. else could come along and say, I don't value human beings. And now yeah. we're back to the same issue which is who's right who who's valuing is correct you know and i care about well, being wait, able to tell mean, somebody what do you I, mean by whose value is correct i mean that you might say oh uh human beings are valuable and somebody else might say no they're not i i'm the only one that's valuable and all other human beings are only here to serve me and to do what i want so two different value systems. And um, the question is, who's correct? If it's all subjective, if there's no actual way to know, then their opinion is just as valid as you as your opinion, right? Like, do you I'm, think that Ted Bundy valued human beings the same I'm way you do? If, I'm wondering if there's a way to figure out which value might be more beneficial for us as a society of human beings like maybe that's yeah, what we yeah. Should... yeah 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 but once again you're saying human beings should be benefited as a society that's a subjective valuing that's not objective because somebody else might say i don't agree you know i think that the most important thing is that i am benefited or they might even say that the planet needs to be benefited and human beings are a cancer on the earth and we need to wipe human beings out you know um there's any number of value systems and if there's no actual objective value system there's no point in even talking about who's right and who's wrong because that's impossible to even determine so it's all just, just subjective and arbitrary why is this important why is it important to be able to say yeah. that there was actually something wrong with what hitler did uh n n no like i mean so 
that's sort of my question. Like, why is it important? I mean, I think most most people will value human beings. I think. I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, yeah. I like to say yeah. hey, you're wrong. But um, yeah, I think I think most but, people. But that doesn't you know, value... matter though, because if tomorrow most people no, because tomorrow if most people. But uh, let me tell you, because tomorrow if most people said we value pedophilia, right? Would that mean that pedophilia was now good? Um, no, but right. Uh, so that's why. So that would also mean that people no longer cared about other humans in this scenario. Yeah, I mean they they care about other adult humans. They don't care about kids anymore, right? Okay. I in guess that scenario. I, and maybe okay. they don't care about other humans. Um who knows? Okay. I mean, my point is that human beings can all agree on terrible things being good. We've done it before, you know, many mm-hmm. times. And yeah. that doesn't mean in my view that those things are good because there's a consensus. I think that that's uh totally uh not what we really believe, you know. Like what happened what happened in germany when we defeated the germans was w- they were on trial the nuremberg trial and they said who are you to judge us we decided what our values were and we acted on their on our values who are you to come here to our country and try us for doing what you think were atrocities but what we thought were good actions and you know what they were told they were told there's a law above you and us and you violated it and that's what you're being tried for and i believe in that law and i always have but if society is just subjective and just consensus then those nazis were right do you think that those nazis were right no. I don't either. You know, assuming that, uh, you know, if your goal is to, to better humanity, if your goal isn't that, then then I guess it doesn't really matter either way. Well, no. What I mean is, do you think the Nazis were right to say, who are you to judge us? We decided in our country, we had a consensus that we were going to do X. Y and Z to these people and that there was nothing wrong with it, that it was a good thing. Who are you to come here and judge us and try us with your, when we made our rules, what makes your opinion more value, more uh, valued than our opinion? You know, and they were told, well, there's a law above you and us, a moral law, a real law, and you violated that law. You well, committed atrocities. Could, told, could they be told something that was not true? Sure. Do you believe, though? What, what do you think? Well, do you th- think, think that if... they violated a real law when they committed genocide? Or do you think that because they had a consensus in their society, in their culture, that they should be able to kill uh, certain people in their country, however they wanted, and do experiments on them, 
Do you think that that's okay because they all agreed? No, I, I think if if you value human beings, if we value each but other. But they didn't. They didn't. I understand that. So what do you think? I I think that if you value that, then, then absolutely they did something wrong. If you don't value that, then no. But when you say they did something wrong, do you mean it's something that you just happen to not like? The same way with, I don't like anchovies on my pizza? Or did they do something within, actually wrong? Within the goal of bettering humans? Um, yeah. But they and, don't have that goal. So, you know, if right. I say... If I say that uh, my goal is to eat a good pizza and I like spicy food and your goal is to eat a good pizza and you don't like spicy food, right? We're going to go about making our pizzas differently. And why Mm -hmm. is it okay for you to tell me how I should eat my pizza? If it's all just subjective and we all get to come up with our own goals subjectively, why is it okay for you to kill me because I like my pizza different than you? Because we have to live in a society together? So you think that because we live in a society together, it's okay for you to kill someone because they disagree with your personal opinion? Um, that's not what I said. Well, we killed the, the men. We killed. We put them to death the Nazis at Nuremberg. You understand? And we killed a lot of Nazis. We fought a war against them. A lot of people died because we thought they were mm-hmm. wrong. So are you against that? Well, yeah, I, I don't I don't think anybody should be harmed or treated the way that the Nazis treated the Jews. That was no, horrific. I'm saying, are you against us fighting a war against the Nazis? No. Okay, so we killed them. We put them to death. We mm-hmm. were responsible for a lot of Germans and German citizens dying because we thought that it was morally right to stop what they were doing. Correct? Uh, and you and you support that, mm-hmm. right? So and you support that, that, right? Yeah. But. Once again, do you support it because the Nazis were doing something that was actually wrong or because they were doing something that you personally don't like? It, it, seem, it seems like you're – I don't know that I would word it in that manner. I, I think that might be a little bit – oh, what's the right word? I don't know what the right word is there. Um, I mean, maybe technically that might be wording that might be definitionally correct, um, but I don't think it would be charitable. I I would much prefer the word a goal of bettering human well-being rather than me necessarily a a preference or a like. Remember, they had had the same goal. They were going to create the Third Reich. They said, we're going to benefit humans by getting rid of all the inferior humans. So they had the same goal. 
They just had. I would a disagree. Way of... I would disagree. Their goal but they was would disagree. just to. Their... No, I don't think so because their goal was right to just better one particular race of humans. My goal is yeah, not but that. if if the other if if the other race doesn't exist, it doesn't need to be benefited. And they were ultimately trying to benefit the import what they thought were the important it's, races. It's not the same goal. It's not the same goal. Absolutely well, not. You're just saying that all humans should be benefited, right? Yes. And they are saying including those that, that were harmed. Mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. saying that uh, they're they're actually being pretty consistent with Darwinian evolution because they're saying, well, it's survival of the fittest. Certain humans are going to survive, and the weak won't. So let the strong survive, and let's kill the weak. Let's kill these inferior races so that the strong can thrive and have more because the weak are going to die out eventually anyway. So let's just apply Darwinian evolution and the natural morality that comes with it. And let's take out these weaker races and make the world a better place because these weaker races are really bringing everybody down. Hello, are you there? Yeah, I I don't know where to go with that, but I don't know if we're even. Do you understand uh, that 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 was the reasoning, though? I I I don't know enough about World War II to know if that was the reasoning or not. Okay, um, so you haven't really like not super familiar with this. I mean, I'm familiar with World War II, obviously, but not specifically on their motivations. Okay, that's fine. Um, I, I guess if if objective morality as a reason, and I, is it a reason for your belief in God? Absolutely. Okay. If if that was unavailable to you, would you still believe in God? How would it be unavailable? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> that's uh, a <laughs> that's it's rough. Um, I, so I guess I'm, I'm never, asking you to. I'm never ever ever going to believe that there's nothing actually wrong with raping and torturing a child. Can there be something wrong with it without it being objective? No, because if it's not objective, then it's not actual. It's just opinion. Uh, I believe it's actually wrong. Not just my opinion. Like if it's within the goal of bettering humans, caring about humans, does that? Yeah. Matter? No, because that that's just, no, because that's just totally subjective and arbitrary. So if, if I love my wife and would never want anything bad to happen to her, that doesn't matter? Um, it, it might matter to you, but it's not, it doesn't mean that your wife act- actually has value or means anything. It just means that you are... a lot of value are, to me. Yeah, but that doesn't... Once again, that's just subjective and arbitrary. You know, like if, if, uh, if I say that... If a pedophile says that raping a child has lots and lots of value to them, you know, as much or more value as them not raping a child has to me, you know, what do I do with that? So people can value whatever they want. Um, And obviously pedophiles do think of things that way. They do value um, molesting children. You know, murderers do value committing atrocities. So um, everyone has... Uh, values uh, or things that they value and if there is no objectivity then there is no way to know which values are real or you know 
it's not even that you can't know it's it's that uh it's all just totally arbitrary and meaningless talking about it how would you know if it was meaningless or meaningful because if it's objective then it's true and if it's not objective then it's arbitrary and it's just like you know you yeah. like your wife and i like potatoes you know no no you miss I'm, I'm sorry i didn't explain myself well enough that was that's my fault um so I, and I understand how to how you you know determine objective versus subjective, but mm-hmm. how do you know overall if uh, any particular thing is really objective? You mean like truth? Like um, you seem to to bring up. Um, I I don't want to bring up an example. Um, like. Let's just say murder, for example. Yeah. How could we really determine if it's objective, subjective? How do we determine that? Well, to me, if you need it explained to you that things like murder and raping children are wrong, you don't need an argument. You need a psychiatrist. I mean, that's about as much as I have to say about it. But I will say a little bit more, which is that there are three arguments that all show why subjective morality actually leads to contradiction. Even most philosophers that are atheists believe in objective moral values and duties. So, and that's because subjective morality is nonsense and contradictory. So, um, but yeah, like I said, to me, as far as I'm concerned, if someone needs it explained to them that raping children is actually factually wrong, they don't need an argument. They need a psychiatrist. Should we believe help. things without any reasons? Um, well, the reason is that it's clearly evil. I, I mean, could I say that it's clearly not evil? And anybody who thinks it's evil needs a psychiatrist? Yeah, you could. I mean, anyone can say anything. That's This is, uh, I mean, this why, is the way I what, see it. What I'm asking is, why are you right and I'm wrong? Um, well, once again, you know, if we're going to act like it's not just totally obvious why raping children is wrong, uh, I would say that there are at least three arguments for why subjective morality cannot be true because it leads to contradiction. And I believe that those arguments are totally sound and I also believe that there's nothing wrong with human intuition and all human beings have a moral intuition that morals are real in the same way that we have a intuition that our reasoning is valid, which cannot be justified. Um, so I don't see an issue with believing in intuition. And I think anyone who suggests that we don't have this intuition is being dishonest. And um, yeah, I guess that's why. Um, you said intuition? Yeah. So, if someone has a different intuition than you, and they determine that uh, something that you think is is wrong is not wrong, yeah. does that mean that they're correct because they intuited it? They had that intuition? 
Like, is an well, intuition a good way to determine what is true? Well, let, let's let's look at that from another uh, vein. Okay, so like I said, I believe that intuitions um, that we should agree with our intuitions. So, one intuition that we have is that the future will be like the past. Are you familiar with this? Um, I think I'm familiar with it. I don't know that I agree with it, but continue. It's called the uniformity of nature. Okay. Um, not familiar with Have the you name, heard of that? but I, I haven't, not the name, but I'm pretty sure I've heard it before. Have you heard of the problem of induction? That I'm not familiar with at all. Okay. Have you heard of Hume? Mm-hmm. Okay. He talked about the problem of induction. So is Bertrand Russell. Um, the idea is how do we know that the sun will come up tomorrow? Um, or, or why? You cut out. Justified in thinking that they will be the same. And this is, uh, this is because when we say the sun will come up tomorrow, we're appealing to induction, inductive logic, right? Which is, essentially black swan fallacy are you familiar with that mm -hmm. okay just uh for anyone that's listening I'll, I'll explain real quick so black swan fallacy comes from the idea of uh the europeans only saw white swans and so they said because we've only seen white swans all swans must be white there must not be any black swans but there were black swans i think in africa so it's called black swan fallacy and when we say all the days that we've lived so far, the sun has come up, therefore tomorrow the sun will rise, that we, we actually have no justification for believing in that. And that's called the problem of induction. Because in order to say why you think that the sun will come up tomorrow, you actually have to appeal to induction as if it's reliable in order to make that case. So you have to beg the question in order to make the case and begging the question is circular logic. My point mm -hmm. is that we all have this intuition that the future will resemble the past and we all rely on this intuition, um, but it's not justified and it can't be actually justified. We have no evidence that the future will resemble the past and, um, and yet we all rely on it and believe it. Um, so, and, to, you know, if you're going to try to undermine intuition, I would say that uh, you should be consistent and stop expecting the future to be like the past, you know, and uh, stop making plans and stop expecting that when you breathe, it's going to be oxygen, you know, um, and you, you'll be dead in about two minutes, I think. I am, like, really confused on, um, like... I'm not sure what, uh, you know, breathing and uh, making plans. Yeah, well, um, every time you breathe, right, you're, you think that you're going to be inhaling oxygen, right? But if the laws of physics were to change such that um, air became like water in your lungs, right, then you shouldn't breathe. And if you don't know if the laws of physics are actually going to hold or change 
then you really shouldn't assume. You have no justification for assuming that what you're about to breathe is air or water or fire or anything else. So you really shouldn't breathe. You shouldn't make plans because plans would mean that the laws of physics were could, you, you were thinking that they were going to remain the same, which once again, that's not justified anymore. You know, if you're going to be consistent about getting rid of intuition or if you right. think that you can uh, get rid of or or or, um, you know, actually justify induction and get around Hume's uh, problem, you know, go for it. But nobody's done it so far, I'll tell you. So. I guess my question would be, do I have any other options? Um, yeah, you can, you can say, well, it's not justified. The problem of induction is not justified. I can't account for it. Um, but I'm going to believe it because it's been useful to me so far. And it's an intuition that I have that the future will be like the past, even though I have no actual reasons to believe it, I'm just going to, um, you can be pragmatic about it. But to me, to me, the real question is whose worldview best accounts for why there's uniformity of nature. And that is a much more interesting question to me, but go ahead. Should I use intuition for all my life decisions? All. Um, I would say for the uh, for the foundational um, uh, for the foundational beliefs, like the axiomatic beliefs, I think that what? we're all kind of working off of intuition. Um, for normal day to day things, I would say no. Why? Well, because if you actually think about epistemology and you think about all of our beliefs, all of our beliefs are if, if you know, you say, well, I believe X. And I say, well, why? And you say, well, because or if you say I believe A and I say, well, why do you believe A? And you say, well, because B. I say, well, why do you believe B? And you say, because C, so on and so forth. Eventually, you're going to hit. We keep doing that. You're going to hit rock bottom. You're not going to do an infinite regress of beliefs. You're going to hit something that is not justified. And you're not going to be able to justify it without referencing itself, without self-referencing, which is going to beg the question. And so then I'm going to say, well, since you're just begging the question, you really shouldn't believe this. You have no justification. And then you're going to say, well, you're right. But I guess it's just an intuition. And I believe it. I'm going to say, I understand. So what are you going to do with that now? So uh, that's how foundational beliefs work, and we're all working from uh, foundational beliefs that we cannot justify. So, if I we, mean, do you want me to show you that that's the case? No, I, 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 I believe you. I understand, but I guess why okay. use why use um, your intuition there and not somewhere else if it's it's a reliable method if it's a well, reliable method shouldn't it work at any uh place well ultimately you know if all of our beliefs are based on intuition you are always using your intuition because all of your beliefs are rooted in intuition so i guess you could say that every belief and every decision that you make that's based on your beliefs is ultimately based and rooted on your intuition. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, if you want to put it that way, um, that's 
perfectly acceptable and really inescapable for us to um, to do. We are all making all of our decisions and all of our beliefs are based on intuition. And, um, you know, if you want to stop doing that, like I said, you're not going to be able to reason. You're not going to be able to live an intelligible life. You're not going to be able to use your senses. Um, you know, you're not going to be able to use your, uh, you're not going to be able to assume uh, uniformity of nature. That's all going to go right out the window because all of that is not justifiable. It's all axiomatic. Okay. So what are you supposing that we do? Great question. This is the question that I had to answer when I was an atheist, which is to say, okay, I thought when I was an atheist that begging the question was wrong. And if anybody did it, you know, if anybody said, well, the Bible's true because it says it's true. I thought that mm-hmm. you should throw that out the window because that's an unjustified belief. And what I realized is that if I was going to be consistent in that, I was going to have to get rid of thinking that my reasoning was valid. I was going to need to stop believing in the laws of logic because you can't justify those without using logic. You know, um, once again, uh, I, I shouldn't believe in uniformity of nature. All of these things that are essential to us living in the world, I would have to get rid of. And like I said, probably die in about two minutes. So the question then becomes, which world, you know, if I'm going to keep using these things, which worldview best accounts for the existence of these things and why these things are the case? Which worldview can justify why I should be able to depend on my reasoning, why morality exists, why logic and the laws of logic exist, why the universe is uniform? Which worldview best accounts for these phenomena that I believe in? And when you think that about you, it that way. Hmm? That you believe in? Yeah, I, be- I believe in the laws of logic. You know, I mean, that's what I've been, I've been talking about. You know, when you ask me why, 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 I'm appealing to the laws of logic, you know. And when I said I didn't believe in God, I was appealing to the laws of logic. I don't believe in logic because X. You know, I don't believe in logic because I haven't seen enough evidence. You know, that's all logical. Uh, when we reason, we're reasoning with logic. You know, um, I, I believe in my ability to reason soundly. You know, I'm using my brain right now. I'm reasoning. I believe that my reason is valid and sound most of the time. You know, um, I believe in uniformity of nature. I believe that the future will resemble the past. I believe that the sun will rise tomorrow. These are all beliefs that I hold. And I think you do too. Uh, That the sun's going to rise? That the sun is going to rise, that the laws of logic exist, that your reasoning is sound and valid, um, that you have Um, a self, that you have free will, you know. With regards to anything, um, anything you've talked about or anything you haven't even talked about, how could you know if you were mistaken? Um, how would I know if I was mistaken? I would know if I was mistaken if um, it turned out that a belief that I held was uh, self-contradictory or led to a contradiction. That's how I knew I was mistaken about atheism because it led to a blatant contradiction. 
What is that? Uh, the contradiction is that if atheism is true, then human beings cannot account for or justify having any knowledge. And that's not possible because saying I know nothing or I am not able to know anything are in themselves both knowledge claims. Um, in the same way that saying everything is false is a contradiction because the statement everything is false is itself a true statement. So all knowledge claims, whether they be claims of ignorance or knowledge, are at the same time claims of knowledge. Because when you say I don't know something, you're saying I know that I don't know this thing. In the same way, once again, that saying X is false is also a truth statement because you're saying it is true that X is false. So what I mean is the atheist cannot justify – if atheism is true, knowledge would be impossible, and yet – if knowledge is impossible, then that reduces us to the contradiction of saying that uh, I know that I know nothing, which is, um, once again, contradictory. So, so that's the contradiction. Atheism would mean that uh, nobody knows anything. Nobody has knowledge. Yeah, what it would be mean impossible. by knowledge in this sense? Justified true belief. So a belief that okay. is something that you think is true that is um, justified, justified true belief, meaning that you have good reasons for believing it. And what does that have to do with atheism? Well, um, if atheism were true, then there would be no God, there would be no all-knowing being, and um, all of our beliefs would not be able to be justified in that way because all beliefs are based on axioms that are totally unsupported and unfounded, meaning that you're basically having to make assumptions because that's what an axiom is. And if your justification rests on a blatant assumption, then it's not actually a justification um, because it's it rests on an assumption. So because of that, because all beliefs rest on assumptions, then none of them can be justified. And if none of your beliefs can be justified, then you can't have any knowledge. Okay. We've talked about uh, this part for quite a bit. Uh, would you mind jumping back to the personal reasons? Do you want to talk about that a little bit more? Sure, if you'd like to. Sure. Um, I know you said that that was either one of or the most important uh, reason. Um, so I figured we might want to jump back onto that just for a little bit. Okay. Um, I guess if someone were to, you know, be a very selfish person, someone who uh, smoked and had no empathy, all the things that, uh, that you were doing, watched porn, and then they were to come across something, and it really doesn't matter what this thing is. It could be anything. And they decided that, wow, I think that uh, this is great. And that's what I want. That's what I want. And they have a total character transformation. And on the other side of that, all of these traits have disappeared. And they're this amazing person. Does it mean that whatever they discovered or found out 
is true? Um, I would say not necessarily, but okay. it's very good reason to believe it. Um, especially if the thing that they discovered, if there's a logical reason why it would be responsible for making those changes, you know, it would depend on the thing that they discovered, right? So if they discovered something like a golden lighter, you know, I don't know why I, I came up with that. Um, okay, that's fine. But, you know, or, or uh, a purple hat in their, in their dresser, you know, mm-hmm. uh, if they mm-hmm. discovered that and then they had all these profound changes to them, you, there's not really a logical connection between that discovery and why it would have made those changes to them, you know. Um, but if the discovery was something that is logically likely to make those changes, you know, like a God who is all loving and all good that they have now found and, and, and decided to serve, and now all these changes are being made to them, then yes, I think it's a very good reason to believe. Okay. I mean, let's say it was uh it wasn't a god or gods or anything like that, but it was um it was something that they found to be true and that it would logically make sense and follow. Would that be a good reason to believe that it is true? Can you give me an example? Um, let's say it was a a book about psychology, a secular book about psychology that said all these things are things that will increase your happiness. Right. So you're asking me if their behavior changed, uh, like in a in a very profound way. Would that mean that the book was true? Uh, Yeah, I guess. Does it mean that all these things make people happy when they do them? Does it mean that these things make... I'm not... Is that what you want to ask? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, like, yeah, like, let's say... Let's focus on one of them to make it a little bit more clear. Let's just uh, focus on the smoking one. Um, If he reads this book and it says, if you stop smoking... It automatically means that you're going to be really happy. And he reads that and he's like, whoa, puts down the cigarette, goes cold turkey. And um, then he happens to next week, he's the happiest person alive. Does that mean that uh, if he stops smoking, that everybody's going to smokers will become super happy? Um, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Okay. I'm not really, uh, I don't know that my, uh, I'm not sure why you're talking about like being happy, I guess, because I don't think I really mentioned that. I mean, I, I'm at peace now and I, I do have actual joy now. Um, I'm not, but, I'm not uh, even talking about the, the happiness per se. Okay. It was the example. Let's say that if they stop smoking, they're, their fingernails uh, turn purple or something. Just something weird. Okay. If uh, he does that and for whatever reason his fingernails turn purple, does that mean that if a random smoker in Tennessee stops smoking, that their fingernails will turn purple? 
Hello, Pierce? Yeah, still here. Okay, I can hear you fine now. Would you mind repeating that? <laughs> okay. Um, uh, what did I use? So You were cutting uh, out. That's, that's why. I'm I sorry. I figured. I figured. Um, so let's say the person uh, reads this book. It says if you stop smoking, your fingernails will, will turn, turn purple. And then, um, so he does that. And um, then his fingernails turn purple. I guess, does that mean that... Uh, Are you asking, that it, does correlation always mean causation? Is that yeah, what you're trying to ask? Yeah. Okay. More or less, yeah. Um, not necessarily, but um, it certainly can mean uh, causation. Mm. And we typically think that it there, there, there can obviously be good reasons to believe that correlation equals causation at certain times. You know, it just kind of depends on the amount of um, reasons for uh, thinking that, you know, I mean, sometimes it's not really justified believing that, you know, like if you see that uh, a rooster, you know, your, your next door neighbor's rooster crows and then the sun comes up every morning and you think, well, there's a correlation here, right? Uh, yeah. the, the rooster must be causing the sun to come up, you know, obviously we would know that there is a correlation, but that's not the cause for yeah. the sun rising, you know, but there are other instances where correlation is clearly causation. Um, like when the sun comes up, it gets warm, you know, that is, there's a correlation there. The sun comes up and then it gets warm. And that is why it gets warm because the sun has come up. If the sun did not come up, it would not get warm, you know? So, um, there, there are good reasons, uh, but it's not necessarily the case that correlation equals causation. It just kind of depends on uh, the uh, other reasons surrounding it, I guess. Okay. Okay. I guess in, in, in your case... And you would agree with that, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, well, I would agree that uh, causation does not equal... Correlation does not equal causation. Not necessarily. Um, not necessarily. I think that you need right, like, like if I if I punch else. you in the in the face, right, and you feel pain, the correlation between me punching you and the and the pain is, you know, that has caused it, right? Uh, we uh, would agree with that, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So sometimes it does. It's just not necessarily. Right. Right. You would need. I think you would need something something else else besides that. Yeah. You can't just rely on the correlation. Yeah. So I think we're in agreement, right? Okay. Okay. I was cool. just curious. Yeah. I guess. So with, with regards to your personal reason, is that a correlation? Um, I would say it's not, it's a correlation and it's also uh, a personal experience. Um, the okay. same type of, way um a, uh, a child might you know touch a stove and know uh, a stove that's on of course and know that it's hot you know you might not you might know it's hot because you've also experienced it but somebody that had never touched a hot stove wouldn't know uh that experience like that child would you know what i mean so sometimes we have personal experiences that 
And you're like, well, I have other reasons, but the personal ones are the most important, but those are personal, you know, but they're still we, very, very valid to you. Can we have a personal experience that leads us to a belief that is untrue? Of course. Okay. How do you know that's not the case with you? Um, because I wasn't expecting to change. I wasn't planning to change. Um, Can someone and... have a personal experience and not expect to change and to change and have that belief be untrue? I think that it's possible. Um, you know, okay. like a person might be in war and have an experience, you know, like uh, they see their friend die in front of them and they might not expect to get, you know, PTSD. Yeah. Um, but they do, I guess, you know, that yeah. might be an example, I suppose. Okay. But to me, um, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the changes that were made to my life are simply uh, too miraculous and, and, I wasn't trying to make these changes. I, um, I didn't even see a need for these changes uh, when I pursued this route. And um, to me, there's just really no question about it. Um, yeah. Do you think someone who has a belief in Hinduism could have a similar experience to yours? Um. No, I I don't actually. You don't think they can have a personal experience where the having their belief change from atheism to Hinduism that's not even possible? I think they they can change their beliefs. I don't think that they would change and become a new person. Um you can't they like can't I have. Have a character change? That's not possible. Um certain things might change, but I don't think it would be to the same degree. No, I Not don't to think the it's same possible. Degree? Yeah. You don't think that's possible? Why is that I the don't case? think so. Because I believe that Christianity is true and that these other religions are not true. Uh, they're false. And so that anybody that uh, pursues these other religions is um, not going to uh, ultimately be reborn or um, know God the way that um, I do. So. And this is. Um, Kind of one of the reasons that you believe in Christianity is your personal experience. Yeah, one and of the reasons, the personal the reasons, experience. Yeah. Okay. I guess if you're using personal experience as one of the reasons to get to Christianity, can you use Christianity as a reason to um, believe that someone can't have a character change with another religion? Can you use Christianity to believe that somebody, yeah, why not? Hmm. I guess because you've used personal experience to get there? Well, not just personal experience. That's one of the one of the ways. But I didn't become a Christian because of personal experience. I found out that Christianity was true. Uh, to me, it became incredibly more true because of personal experience. But um, Actually, We've discussed how you've uh, determined that a God exists, right? Through the um, like the objective morality, you said, 
objective uh, morality, knowledge, transcendentals. Mm -hmm. I guess, how have you determined that Christianity is true, you know, um, and not one of the other um, religions that describes a God? Well, I mean, once again, my personal experience, um, but uh, ultimately, God really kind of led me to Christianity. I do believe that there are very good reasons um, to believe that Christianity is true. Um, For example, um, uh, the Christian religion is different than every other religion in the world. Um, What I mean by that is that every other religion is a do religion, meaning that if you say, well, how do I get to nirvana or how do I get to heaven, you know, or how do I reach enlightenment? or whatever they're going to say well you have to do this you have to do that you have to do this you have to do that it's all about your actions which means that all of these religions are ultimately man-centered because it's about us earning the nirvana or the enlightenment or the heaven or whatever christianity is literally the only religion in the world that doesn't say that it says that we are all broken we're all flawed fundamentally and that there's absolutely nothing that we can do to earn heaven. Uh, it says that uh, we just have to have faith in Jesus Christ because God came and saved us. We couldn't save ourselves. And God has done the work. So we are not a do religion. We are a done religion because the work was done and finished and completed for us on the cross where Jesus Christ died and paid the, the wages for our sins. And, um, and so is a religion, there's that reason. Is a religion being different a good reason to know that it's true? I believe so. Why I believe so. I, well, because if, if all these other religions are all the same in one very fundamental particular way. Are they? Are they all the same? In this way, they are. In this way, they are? Yeah. They're all do religions. Okay. It's a, they're, all, they're all man-centered. And I, I would expect if God did exist, which I know that he does, uh, it actually makes perfect sense to me that um, religion would actually be about God, not about man, because we're his creatures. So, And that's what Christianity says. It says that we are supposed to glorify God. Everything is about him and his glory. It's not about us. We, uh, everything belongs to him. We can't do anything to earn his, uh, forgiveness. Um, all of our works are filthy. All of our good works, it says, are filthy rags before him because of how holy he is, but because of how good he is. And that only because of how good he is and because he's so merciful, he came here and died on a cross for us because he loves us anyway. So, uh, yeah. Really struggling to understand um, why that would be a reliable way to to know which religion is true. Um, well, I'm sorry, I'm really um, struggling to understand. The yeah, because aspect because the the question is, you know, you have all these different religions, and yeah, um, there if one of them were to be true, that should be fundamentally different in some type of way. That's I what one. I don't would, follow. Well, I don't really know how to make it more simple or ex- explain it in a more simple way. Um, 
to me Can I that ask a question. Yeah. So, like, if there was, let, let's say there's religion X out there. We got Christianity and religion X. And it, it's mm-hmm. not this difference, but there's something else that makes it just completely different than any other religion. Religion X, this one thing is completely different. Yeah. Is that a good way to know that religion X is true? Well, it would depend on the difference, you know. It's not like all these okay. other religions have purple curtains and our religion has white curtains or something, you know. It's not like a superficial difference. This this is yeah. a foundational difference that every other religion is fundamentally about, which is doing things, earning okay. the the goal. That's what all these other religions are about, is human beings earning through their hard work, through the sweat of their brow, earning X. And Christianity is the only one that says you can't earn it. It's done for you. It's not about you. It's about the one that saved you. Okay. I um, About three years ago in 2020, I, I met this Hindu on, on Facebook. And I'm not going to mm-hmm. say his name because he might not appreciate that. He likes to be a very private person. But if I were to to bring him in onto this uh, stream yard and he were to tell you, well, Christianity is obviously false because it's the one that's different. Uh, All the ones that are the same, they must be true because, well, let's face it, they're they're all in agreement. So why would the one that's different be true? Yeah. I guess why, why why would he be wrong in saying that? Well, he, he'd be wrong because all the other religions can't all be true because they all contradict each other. Um, yeah. You know, Islam and, um, like he's and saying his that religion is they, they don't agree on certain key things. So they, yeah. it, would, it would be false because they disagree and that would be a contradiction. So that would clearly not be true. It can't be true if it contradicts. So his claim clear. would contradict. To be clear, he wouldn't believe that Hinduism is true because of that reason. He's just saying Christianity is false because of that reason. Mm-hmm. Well, so he's saying that all the other religions might be true? Yeah, yeah. And maybe he has a specific reason, a different reason for why Hinduism is, is true. But he's saying that Christianity is false because of this. Yeah, and I, I would just restate why I would expect for the true religion to stand out um, from all the false religions in the same way that a real dollar stands out in a very real way from all the fake dollars. Um, All the fake dollars are going to have uh, certain things in common that make them fake, that make them uh, counterfeit. But a real dollar is going to uh, stand out from all the counterfeits in a very distinct and real way, such that a person who handles it be able to look at a real dollar, feel it, and say, this dollar is real. Um, and so I would say that, that, that Christianity is the real dollar, and all the counterfeits all have uh, certain things in common um, that uh, you can point to and say, well, clearly um, these are all man-based. And, and that's, that's another thing I forgot to mention is, um, you know, either a religion is true or it's man-made. If a religion is man-made, wouldn't you expect it to be man-centered because it's man-made? I would. Um, and that's what we see. All these other religions are all man-centered. It's all about us. 
and what we do in earning something. You know, Christianity is the only one that isn't. So it's another very good reason, as far as I'm concerned, to believe that Christianity is true. Is there a way we could test the reliability of that reason? Test it like empirically or philosophically? Any, any, any way possible, yeah. Um, I don't think that there's a way to test this particular reason. Um, this would be more of a, uh, a type of reasoning like, you know, if if two detectives walk into a room uh, and they, they have certain evidence to look at, they can't run tests necessarily. You know, I mean, they can like maybe look at fingerprints and, and figure out who they belong to, but they're working with yeah. information that's already there and they're trying to form the best theory according to the information that's available to them. There's not really a test that they can do. You know, other than just getting more information about what they already have, I guess. But outside of that, you know, that would be the type of uh, reasoning that I would say I'm doing right now. So I don't think that this is really a testable um, type of reasoning. It's more of a um, um, just uh, well, not not everything that we believe is is uh, testable, but that doesn't mean necessarily that we shouldn't believe it. Hmm we should believe in things that we can't test to see if they're real. Not everything that we believe is not testable. everything. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess why should we believe in things? Like, like, okay, possible? here, let me give you an example. Um, do you believe that OJ Simpson killed his wife? I have no idea. You've never looked into the case. Um, I have, um, but, well, I mean, not like seriously looked into it, but I mean, I've, I've heard, uh, I know, I know a little bit about it, Okay. but I don't, I don't know a, a ton about it. So you don't really like know how compelling the evidence was? Um, it's like DNA, his blood at the scene, um, his, uh, shoe prints, which were incredibly rare, um, only 200 sold, uh, footprints belonged to a shoe that he owned which were incredibly rare he had motive to do it it was his wife um it was like uh he had there there was blood from the two victims found at his house afterwards you know and in his car (laughs) i mean it's a lot yeah evidence i mean assuming that's that's true which i have no reason to doubt um yeah i mean i guess that seems pretty pretty straightforward pretty good yeah. evidence i suppose yeah yeah but i mean what would you say you know let, let's just say I, i'm i'm giving it to you straight right and that's all correct and there's even more evidence mm-hmm. than what i just okay. mentioned because there is sure. just for sake of the argument you know what if somebody said well okay you believe that he's guilty but can you test that belief <laughs> yeah I, I think so i mean how would you test it uh, we can test blood. We can see what, uh, you know, whose yeah, blood but, it belongs but to. We, can... we already established that his blood was there. So we, we already know what all the data is. We've come, we've reached a, mm-hmm. a conclusion. So now you, you now believe that he's guilty. Can you test that belief? I mean, I think we've already conducted the test. Yeah. Um, so uh, outside of like the blood, right? Okay. Like once once we've done that test, there's not really yeah. any other tests. 
Um, I mean, we could test to make sure that the machine was working right. We can put someone else's blood in, make sure mm-hmm. it doesn't e- yield the same results. We can use a different machine, perhaps. Well, I, mean, I think okay. there's other things we let's, can do. Yeah. Let, let's say that, I mean, do you believe that no one should have ever went to prison before we could, like, test blood and had, and DNA for a crime, like for murder? Do you think? Well, because we, I, we if, weren't always able to test DNA, you know, or, yeah, or these things, yeah. right? Right. I think that prior to some of the technology that we use today, a lot of innocent people ended up going to prison, unfortunately. Sure, um, I agree. That's not to say that nobody should. I mean, I think and, there and people is still compelling... go to prison that are guilty or innocent. Yeah, I think. Yeah, for sure. We don't have a perfect system yet, but um, yeah, I think that if we're going to send someone to prison, I think we should have evidence that is very reliable. Yeah, but that's not what I asked. What did you ask? You have to remind me. I, I asked if uh, do do you think that before we could run like DNA tests and tests on blood and t- tests on sperm, you know, semen? Do you think yeah. before we could do these quote unquote tests that we should never have sent anyone to prison for murder? No, I think we, the, we could have, but I think yeah. the evidence we should have had reliable evidence either way, whether that well, is yeah, a, I I agree, a but but my point yeah. is that we could have reliable evidence that isn't quote unquote testable. You know, I mean, well, yeah, I for example, think it still might for, be testable even without you know a blood test. Don't you think that we could have reliable evidence that isn't quote unquote testable? No. 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 Okay. You can't you can't conceive of anything like that? No. Hmm. At least okay. definitely not in a court case. Uh otherwise I'm not so sure either. Okay. So let's say that um you ha- you come across a scene, you're a detective. This takes place in the 1900s before we could do all quote unquote, you know, tests. And um, the murder weapon is there. It's a revolver, there's a body on the floor, two shots in the back of the head. Clearly, uh, clearly murder. You've got the weapon and you trace the weapon to uh, weapon belongs to the victim's best friend. How am I tracing it? How am I tracing the weapon? Um, it's, it has his name on it. Okay. And, um, and you, let's say you also run a, you go to the store where it was bought, mm-hmm. say the, I don't know, you figure out where it was bought and find that, uh, they had a receipt of him, the same man buying the weapon. And you also find out that the man was having an affair with the victim's wife. Okay. Uh-huh. Would that be enough? Um, maybe it might be. I guess I, I think the test, if if there is reliable evidence here, I think it might be be the receipt, and I think that kind of is the test. But See, I think you might want. But, but to, now you're talking about like reliable evidence being a test, but that's that's not really a test. Right, and it. I was going to continue on here. I think you'd want to test to make sure that receipt, um, you know, really was legitimately um, from him. 
I'm not sure how exactly you would do that, uh-huh. but I think you'd probably want to do that because I c- could probably imagine a scenario where someone would want to frame this guy, pretend to be him, buy a gun, slap his name on it, shoot this guy. I think that's oh. within a you know like a reasonable doubt. I think it's reasonable it seems to like think that that's. It seems like when you say test, you really mean have good reason to believe. Is that fair? Mm, I don't. Because we're not talking say, about double blind here, you know. Right, right. We're we're not talking about beakers and you know, yeah, little dropper. No, no, that's not what I mean by test. Yeah, I know. I, I mean, I mean, but that's the type of test that they do with DNA. But that's not the type of test. We're not talking about any kind of thing like that in this situation. Right. Exactly. I, I guess I'm, what I mean is a way to determine the reliability of the evidence, or argument or you know whatever you want to call it yeah i mean there should be good evidence good reason to believe that the evidence points to the accused yeah yeah but i wouldn't call that a test i would just say that that's good good reason you know here are the reasons here's the argument this is why this evidence actually points to this person and not somebody else this is you know i mean that's that's all like you know what's supposed to be argued in court you know all evidence is ultimately argued for why it counts as evidence versus why it doesn't count as evidence why it should be thrown out you know right. why it implicates the accused and why or why it doesn't implicate the accused why there could be another explanation for that evidence right that's not really uh uh necessarily tested a lot of the time uh, some some yeah, cases we're, we're are very circumstantial yeah, I, that's why I kind of wanted to get down and, and ask you this situation because I feel like we are de- defining it slightly differently. Yeah, we, because when I think of yeah. a when I think of a test, you know, I'm thinking like um, you know troubleshooting something, for example. You know, uh, okay. like let's say let's say I, I flip the switch in my room and uh, the light switch and the light doesn't come on. Okay, well that could be that could be uh, caused by a couple different things. Either the bulb is out or the switch isn't working, right? So if I want to know if it's the bulb, I, I would run a test on that, and I would uh, probably unscrew uh, another bulb that I knew was working and screw it into mm-hmm. the bulb that I thought wasn't working, and then and then flip the switch. And if it comes on, okay, now I know that it was the bulb. If it doesn't come on, then I have good reason to believe that it's not the bulb, right? So yeah. that would that's that's what I mean by a test. Yeah, my, my definition is much broader. I would include that, but um, yeah, I would also include more abstract ideas. Okay. Okay. Um, hmm. What can you like? Uh, I'm just kind of curious. Would you? Is there? Is there anything? Is there any type of thing where someone has a good reason to believe something? And isn't able to actually like do a test. I mean, okay, here. How about this? How about this? Are you married? Mm -hmm. Yes. Have you ever tested your wife's loyalty? I yeah yeah I definitely have. (laughs) Really? (laughs) Oh yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. 
I mean, like you've actually like run her through a, a test that she wasn't aware of to see if she'd be loyal to you. Uh, I, you know, not not like with that mindset, but yeah, pretty much. Like, well, that's I didn't really... intentionally do it, but yeah. Okay, yeah. so you feel like she's been tested, not intentionally, but right. You feel like you have seen her be loyal. Her loyalty yeah. has been tested, not necessarily on purpose by you, but you've seen it. Okay. Yeah. But do you think it's do you not think it's possible? Like let's say whatever happened didn't happen. Okay. okay. Uh do you think you could possibly still be you know whatever whatever tests you think that your wife overcame let's say those things didn't happen and everything else okay. has remained the same would you then not trust your wife um or would you not be justified in trusting your wife uh i mean Uh, I guess, what do you mean by loyalty exactly? Just so we're on the same page. I, I mean, like, that she's going to, that she's trustworthy, that she's not going to step out on you, let's just say. Well, I mean, like, uh, I mean, it, it definitely could happen. I mean, even even now. Oh, yeah. Like, I, well, I'm, test, that's yeah. not, that's not, I know it could happen. I'm, but yeah. you don't believe it's going to happen, right? You don't believe it has happened. Uh, I don't mean to I get mean, so personal. Like we can just sure. pretend we're talking about somebody else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so if this is like getting too personal, we can change it slightly. No, no worries, no worries. I we can. It's it's, it's perfectly fine. Um, I, I would say that I have a a high confidence that that she's not going to be, do something that's disloyal, right? Um, right. So that would but, be trust, wouldn't it? Uh, I guess so. I mean, trust is like high confidence. You know, if I have high confidence um, that uh, a bridge is stable, then I'll walk across it. Yeah, right? I mean, I, su I, su I suppose. Sure. Yeah, we can go. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, I I'd say that they're synonymous. Okay, yeah, so... I but the question is... Um, if those quote unquote tests had never happened, would you still think that you were justified in trusting in your wife's uh, fidelity and, and loyalty to you? Well, I think that like, I think that the test kind of happens every day and to some degree, like, you know, um, every day that, she is trustworthy, right? That's kind of like a mini little test. It might not be, um, you know, I guess after after the first day of meeting her, that might not be very much evidence, right? But I guess after, you know, 10 years, that might be a significant amount of evidence. Mm -hmm. So I guess maybe so, that's So to you, like, evidence test. is tests? Um... I think <laughs> you see what I'm evidence. saying? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, 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 good evidence equals test. I, I guess, in a way, they're the they're <laughs> language is hard, man. But yeah, um, 
<laughs> I feel like you're being a little bit looser with the definition of test than I am. Yes, I, really I, I do have a pretty good, a pretty loose definition of test. Uh, as far as I'm yeah. concerned, like, I think you anything... could straight, straight uh, make that a bit more strict, honestly, because I don't think evidence is is test or having a good reason is is means that you've necessarily tested it. I think you can believe things without testing them. Um, mm. You know, um, for example, you believe that the, you know, you, 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 you believe that um, you're not in the matrix, right? Um, I, I, honestly, like I don't have <laughs> a good reason to, to not think that. And I don't have a good reason to think that. So I'm, I'm kind of like agnostic towards you, that in all honesty. Okay. So you're agnostic. Okay. So like when you look at your wife, you're not sure if she's actually real or not. I mean, I, I guess it could just be electrical impulses. Yeah. But what do you believe towards whatever? Right. Yeah. But do you believe that your wife's real? Well, I, I live my life as if she is real because I have no other choice. So I guess if that means believing that, then sure. Yeah. It, but in order for her to be real, then that would mean that you, what you perceive would have to be real and you, you wouldn't be in the matrix, right? But have you ever run a test to prove if you're in the matrix or not? No, I, I don't think that's possible, but I also I don't, don't either. necessarily believe that's not the case. Yeah, but Just how you I, do have, believe, I don't have any. Go ahead. You do believe that your wife is real. You live uh, like according to that belief. You know, every day you wake up and you're not like, oh, this could be the matrix. So there's not really any point talking to you. You know, you, you talk oh. to her, you hold, you hold her hand, right? You, you interact with her as if she's real, because that's really what you believe. You married her because you thought she was real. So you're operating under the belief that she's real, but you haven't actually, you don't actually have a test to prove that she's real. You know, I, you just, I but know you do that. have good reason, I would say. I don't know that I'm actually operating under that. Even if, let, let's say, I am in the matrix. Okay. I I still think even if reality isn't real, if I'm not actually mm-hmm. living, if I'm just hooked up to some machine somewhere, right? And yeah. this isn't real. W- within this matrix, I guess you could say. Yeah. It's still important to me. So it doesn't really matter if it's real or not real within the matrix here. Mm-hmm. It's so when matters. you say it's it doesn't important. really matter though, that's, that's something that you believe because somebody else could say, well, it does matter. It matters if it's actually real or not. Right. So this is a, a belief that you hold that whether it's real or not, it doesn't really matter. That's, that's your belief, isn't it? I think it was more of an opinion. Yeah. It's not a belief. Um, no, I think that was probably an opinion. You can have an opinion that you don't believe? Like, like if I say that I like pepperoni pizza better than sausage pizza. Yeah. I don't know that that, that's not how I would define belief, but I mean, it could be a definition, I suppose. I mean, a a belief is just something that you, you think is true right it's it's something that you believe is true so do you believe it's true that it doesn't really matter if you live in the matrix or reality you should just operate like it's reality either way 
I guess I'm it's analogous to the pizza. Like it doesn't matter to me, but I guess it might matter to someone else. Like just like how someone else might like sausage better than pepperoni. But wouldn't it be true that they liked sausage more than pepperoni? Like if if I said I like sausage pizza more than pepperoni and someone was like, Do you believe that? And I was like, No. I mean, it would be like, Well, why did you just say you liked it more like, than if you don't believe it? Like what why are you saying things that like, you do that you don't believe you know like a belief Weird. about their preference sure okay i mean don't you believe <laughs> don't you believe that you actually have real preferences i think so yeah yeah so those are yeah. beliefs okay i i believe that uh that i prefer my child uh, her company over, you know, pretty much any other child. Okay. That's preference. I believe that I like Coke more than Pepsi, you know? Yeah. So, okay. so do you think that, uh, you know, it, if you agree with that, then you saying, well, if I, whether I live in the, the matrix or reality, I believe it, you know, I mean, I, I should pretend or I should I should live as if I live in reality either way. Like that's a that's a belief then, right? Or no? Uh, I mean I would believe that I have that preference. Okay. So somebody else could have the the opposite preference, right? Probably. I mean, sure. Yeah. 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 Um and they could say, well, it, I don't know if uh, if what reality is. I don't know if I'm just a brain in a vat. So I'm just going to uh, operate as if none of this is actually real because I can't prove it, can't test it. And uh, I'm just going to lay down and die, right? Yeah, that, 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 I mean, they, they, they could, sure. Yeah, I mean, especially if they want to be like as consistent as you're you're talking, you know, like, oh, well, I, I, all of my beliefs have to be testable. I can't test and prove if I'm in the matrix or not. So I'm not going to assume that this is reality. I'm not going to assume that anything is actually real because I can't test and prove it. So I'll just, since nothing is necessarily real, I'll just lay down and, and, and die, I guess. What I'm just wondering, in this scenario where someone lays down and, and dies... Yeah. What's what's the motivation? Well, the motivation is that there's no point in trying to operate or function in a made up, you know, uh, world where nothing is real. You know, so why would you walk on? Why would you walk down the street if the street isn't real? You know, why would you breathe air that isn't real? You know, why would you keep living if your life isn't real? I can't think of a good reason not to. So it's like, I mean, the reason not to is that it, you can't test and prove that it's real. You know, the same way you, you, you don't believe that God is real. So you don't, you don't believe in, in God, right? You don't hold a belief in God an active belief. So yeah. all these other things, my body, my consciousness. I mean, I'm not, I'm not laying on the ground wanting to die, you know? Yeah, I know. And that's kind of my point. I don't really think that you're being consistent. So I should lay down and die? Well, no, you should believe in God. <laughs> but but if you 
because what I'm saying is that the the idea that all of our beliefs should be testable is really uh, impossible, and no one actually does that. So what I'm saying is that your methodology, your epistemology, is um, you're not being you're not being consistent with it. It needs to change. And that's what I realized as well. What's you the know, what's I, the inconsistency? Exactly. The inconsistency is that you hold beliefs that are, uh, in fact, not testable. Which one? Um, and, um, for example, your your reasoning being sound, or uh, your wife being, you know, being real. Um, the existence of logic, the existence of your consciousness, the existence of free will. My wife being real—that uh, that a belief that I hold regarding that is wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm saying it's not testable because I believe you're saying people shouldn't believe things that aren't testable. Do I hold a position on that? What position did I hold? Let's let's take that one away. How about about your reasoning being sound? Reasoning for? Just reasoning in general, right? Like how do you know that you're not a lunatic? How do you know you're not crazy? How do you know that you can depend and rely on reasoning? Yeah, but when you say uh, people should test things, right? That's your yeah. reasoning. That's you using your brain and and coming up with what you think is reasonable. So you that that implies when you say that that you're able to reason already. So what's well, the think- test that proves that you can reason correctly that you've done to verify that your reasoning is valid? A test to test if my reasoning is valid yeah like how do you know that you're not crazy how do i know i'm not crazy right well i mean i I think there's a lot of different symptoms for mental disorders and i don't i don't think i'm exhibiting any of those yeah but in order to know in order to know if there are uh symptoms uh for mental disorder Mm -hmm. you would already have to be reasoning correctly because you already have to be Mm. able to know Okay, if I were crazy, uh-huh. then these would be the symptoms, right? So you're begging the question there. Okay. See the problem? Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I think I understand what you're saying. Um, what I'm saying is that um, you're you're appealing to your reasoning, and and we can go through all these if you like, uh, laws of logic, um, induction, all of them, uh, all the things that you're assuming that are not testable. Um, you're assuming these things, but they're not testable, and um, because they all are circular, they they beg the question. You have to refer to them in order to prove them, and yet you believe them. You use them. You've been using them this entire conversation, and you're going to continue to use them. So when you tell someone you shouldn't believe anything unless you've tested it, you're not actually being consistent, because if you were to be consistent, you wouldn't believe that your reasoning was valid. You wouldn't believe in the laws of logic. You wouldn't believe in the uniformity of nature. None of these things are testable or provable. The the laws of nature? The uniformity of nature. Uniformity. Remember of nature. that the that the future will resemble the past? Yeah, I don't I don't I don't think I believe that. You don't believe that the sun's gonna rise tomorrow? I do. Well, that would be that would require the future to resemble the past. That would require uniformity of nature.
Are you there? Oh, okay. You mean like uh, gravity being consistent? Yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying. Okay. So do, do you understand what I mean about consistency? I would, I would disagree, I think, but I understand what you're saying, yeah. You don't, what, what are you disagreeing with? Like, uh, I mean, I think there's, there's good reasons to believe the, the sun will rise. Um, and I don't <clears throat> think, I think there's like a, a test, I, I, I guess, in a way, like, if the sun's going to rise, right? Have you? Um, is there a way to test and prove without actually seeing that the sun will rise tomorrow? Is there a way to know that the sun will rise tomorrow and prove it right now? Well, uh, that would mean the earth stopped spinning because that's what makes the sun rise, right? And it would mean that the sun continues to exist uh, and that the earth continue to exist. Um, You know, it would mean that the certain physical laws of our universe, like strong force, the weak force, the electromagnetic force, all of these things, the force of gravity were, would remain what they are. And we're talking about, you know, like probably at least 50 parameters, if not more, there might even be some that we haven't discovered yet. Um, so all these things have to stay pretty much exactly where they are because they're all dialed in right where they're supposed to be for our universe to even exist. Um, so do you think that there's a test that you could do to prove that the sun will rise tomorrow? Hello? Yeah, yeah, I'm still here. Yeah, I'm thinking. Um, I mean, I guess the question isn't necessarily that. It's if you want to dig deeper, um, you know, it might be a test to know if the sun will exist tomorrow, right? Um, Well, a lot of things could cause the sun not to rise. Like I just said, it wouldn't necessarily just be whether the sun existed. Right. Yeah, but I mean, I mean that that's essentially. The, I mean, there's other factors, right? But that's kind there, of the, there are the point potentially the infinite factors that that right. could cause the sun to not rise tomorrow. So, is there? You believe that the sun is going to rise tomorrow, but we both understand that well, there are things that could happen that would make it not rise. How do you know that any of those potentially infinite things? number of things aren't actually going to happen. What What is your justification for believing that the sun will rise tomorrow? Actually, you what's, know, I'm going to change, gonna change my, my position. I, I think I have to be agnostic about uh, futuristic claims, I suppose, because um, I can't predict the future, right? I mean, is that what's if uh, if the past does predict the future, then that's probably what's going to happen. Am I yeah. going to live my life as if that's going to happen? Well, yeah, because I have no other choice. I literally <laughs> have no other choice. Right? What yeah. am I going to do? <laughs> well, um, yeah, that's kind of what well, I'm trying to get at. But I mean, but my point my point is that when people act like all of their beliefs are justified, because people that a lot of people that don't believe in God say, well. I don't believe in God because I haven't seen good evidence. If you show me good evidence for God, then I'll believe in God. 
And what I say is there's all kinds of things that you believe that you have zero evidence for that cannot is that a be good proven. Thing? Is that where we it's should just be? A tr- it's just a true thing. It's just a true thing. It's just what's, necessarily true. What's a true thing? Necessarily true the, thing? The true thing is that all human, all beliefs that human beings have are ultimately rooted in and fa- fundamentally uh, based on axioms that are not proven. You know what an axiom is? I, I do. How would, okay. how would we determine who is correct and who is incorrect with a belief? Well, that's, that's a great question. And, and that's why I don't really like talking to people about evidence um, because ultimately all the way that we interpret evidence is based on our presuppositions, based on our fundamental view of the world, the way we look at the world. So all beliefs are going to be viewed through that. So what I, an example of that is um, Christians believe in miracles, but naturalists do not. So every, you know, everything that Christians point to, every, every miracle that we might see in the actual world or in the Bible uh, and say, look, here's a miracle that proves the supernatural, that proves God exists. The naturalist is going to look at those things, those phenomena, and say, no, there's a natural explanation for this. That's not because they're working with different evidence. They're working with the same evidence, but they're, they're operating on different worldviews with different presuppositions. The naturalist has naturalist presuppositions. The supernaturalist, the uh, Christian, has supernaturalist presuppositions. So then the question then becomes not what evidence we should be looking at, because we're all, we all interpret evidence based on our underlying presuppositions. The okay. question then becomes whose worldview best accounts for the intelligibility of, of our world? Whose worldview why, best accounts for uh, our ability to reason, uh, free will, um, why, consciousness? Yeah. Why wouldn't, why wouldn't we determine which presupposition is correct? Wouldn't that be the next logical question? Yeah, and that, that's why I like to argue worldviews, because worldviews start with the presuppositions and it just talks about the presuppositions in relation to the evidence. So what I mean by that is, you know, we're, you and I are presupposing that our reasoning is sound. We are presupposing that we have free will, that we are conscious, that both of us have a mind. Um, We're both presupposing uniformity of nature. So then the question is, you know, like if you're a naturalist and I'm a Christian, whose worldview can make sense of these things that we're both presupp- presupposing. Because I would say that if, if you're a naturalist, you can't make sense of um, free will. You should be a determinist. You know, if you're I, a naturalist, hmm? I was just going to say, I, I'm, I'm not, ne- I don't necessarily believe no, I'm in just, free will. Yeah. But yeah. I, I understand. Yeah. Where you're going. Go ahead. Yeah. I just want to well, make that clear. Sure. Um, you know, we, we would just go through the line and, and say, uh, you know, whose worldview makes sense of the existence of morality? Whose worldview best makes sense of the laws of logic being real and existing? Whose worldview best makes sense of um, our re- us being able to depend on our reasoning and it being sound? Uh, whose worldview best makes sense of the uniformity of nature and why we can depend on it? 
you know, um, because if everything just happened for no reason, right? Um, if every if if there is no mind or intention behind all of existence, then really everything is just kind of random, mindless chaos. And really, we shouldn't think that the sun is going to rise tomorrow, because it, it should be thought the greatest possible coincidence that the universe has remained stable thus far. And, and we should absolutely, if we really thought that there was no intention or mind behind it, we really shouldn't believe for one second that things were going to hold uh, for in the next instant. So, um, you know, th that's, that's why I like to um, talk about things from a worldview le level. I do enjoy talking about evidence for, for God, but um, to me, transcendentals are m much more, uh important because you need to get someone out of their worldview in order you need to show someone the holes that are in their boat before they try and swim to a different boat that's more reliable you know and if you don't show them the holes that are in their vote in their boat and say listen your worldview if your worldview were true you shouldn't be reasoning you shouldn't be in assuming the laws of logic uh you shouldn't believe in that you shouldn't believe in this you shouldn't believe in that if your worldview were true you know, you should just lay down and die and you're not doing that. So what, what are you going to do? You know, if you do that to somebody, maybe uh, they'll, uh, you know, if they actually care about what's true, they'll get out of their boat and they'll swim to one that's reliable and that makes sense of these things. Do so. you think that's a good way to, to uh, get people to uh, reflect on whether what they believe in regards to their worldview is correct? I do, because that's what got me out of atheism, was reflecting on the philosophical ramifications of my worldview. And if you're at all interested in this, you should read, uh, I would strongly recommend Alex Rosenberg, if you've heard of him. Because to me, I believe he's actually a very consistent naturalist. He's an atheist and a philosopher. And he talks about if physics fixes all the facts, he uses that expression a lot then this would be the case. Then words wouldn't actually have meaning. Um, then the the uh, identity over time, like you think that you are the same person that you were five minutes ago, that wouldn't be real. That would be an illusion. Free will would be an illusion, like you said. Um, there would be no object, real object permanence. There'd definitely be no morality. Everybody should be a nihilist. Um, you know, he, he basically says, like, if naturalism were true, uh, and and he's an atheist and he believes this, but he's saying uh, the, this is what atheists should believe based on the actual naturalist worldview. And I could tell you, he's not even totally consistent living out his beliefs. He's really not because it, it reduces down to absurdity. Um, but almost no atheist, I don't think any atheists are actually consistent with the true philosophical ramifications of atheism if it were true so i don't know if that makes sense what i'm saying yeah uh, yeah I, I i understand i understand what you're saying absolutely um is, is there a way that we could know if a worldview is reflects reality like without a doubt um i believe that there is okay how would we know that for absolute certainty? 
Well, I think we're all going to know it when we stand before God on the day of judgment. I think that'll um, that'll prove it right, right there. Is there but, a way we can um, know before that? Um, are you asking, is there a way we can know that Christianity is true or that God exists is true or both? I guess... I guess he started with the worldview, and then based yeah. off the worldview, it was like, which one makes sense? Yeah. Um, but I guess how do we, you know, starting at the worldview, how would we know which one, you know, is is correct? Like, undoubtedly, like, for certain. Well, it's kind of a, it's kind of a um, interesting conversation to have. Um, but like I said, what you do is you just say, okay, this is what you believe, this is what I believe. You look at the yeah. underlying presuppositions and you take the whole worldview into account and then you say, does your worldview actually account for these things that you're using right now? Like your reasoning, your, you know. You're like, uh, like consistency, are you saying? Exactly, exactly, consistency. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's what, uh, that's what that's how you argue on a worldview level is you take the worldview with all of its uh, presuppositions and beliefs, and you evaluate it for consistency and see if it actually can justify and account for these necessary um, preconditions of intelligibility. And by necessary preconditions of intelligibility, I once again mean the belief in uniformity of nature, the belief in our reasoning. So I'm saying that we have to assume these things exist, we have to believe in them, in order to live intelligible lives and in, in order to live a life that we can make sense of, we have to have, we have to reason. We have to act like our reasoning is valid or sound. Mm-hmm. We have to assume that the universe is going to be the same in the next instant as it was before, you know, uniformity of nature. We have to assume uh, that uh, that logic is real, you know, and use that, you know, so there, there are necessary uh, preconditions. These are necessary preconditions for intelligibility. And the question, one of the questions is whose worldview best accounts for these and is consistent? Can someone like, um, you know, we kind of talked about, about the matrix, right? And, yeah. Uh, yeah. That that's probably one of the, the presuppositions. Am I Am I correct on that, or am I off? What What do you mean? Like that reality is real. Yeah, I would say that the matrix, that's, right? That's a pre, one well, of the presuppositions. Okay. I would say a presupposition that we all kind of have is that our senses are able to be reliable and give us information about what is real. I would say that's really the the presupposition. Okay. You know, which okay. is also, by the way, uh, not provable because if i say how do you know your senses are valid you're going to have to appeal to your sense data in order to prove that your senses are valid can Um, someone uh remain agnostic towards a presupposition like this but still live a fruitful and fulfilling life i don't think so um not not these foundation i don't think so not these foundational presuppositions because if you're truly agnostic about it, then you shouldn't be using it, you know? Just like if you're truly uh, agnostic about if God exists, why would you be praying to him, you know? 
if I'm truly, if I yeah. truly don't know if, uh, if the sidewalk outside is real, why would I walk on it? You know? <laughs> um, yeah. so I, I, I would say if you're using them, you're not agnostic, you believe in them, you know, like, yeah. interesting. If, if like, so if I don't know if my car is, is going to get me to Minnesota, I'm not going to get in my car and try to drive to Minnesota. You know what I mean? Especially if my life depends on it. Mm. Okay. Interesting. I, I, I recently took a, a trip all the way. Uh, I'm in Green Bay. I live in Green Bay. All the way oh, to awesome. St. Louis. Oh, awesome. I've been to Green Bay many, many times. Oh, really? Cool. Uh-huh. Uh, and I uh, took a trip all the way to St. Louis. And okay. It was like, ended up being like a 10-hour drive. It would have been eight hours if we would have just, you know, kept on going, right? Mm-hmm. And my vehicle, it's pretty, pretty good. It's relatively new, but it's had some issues. You know, it's got um, check engine light comes on every once in a while. Yeah. Um, the it's leaking um, coolant. Uh huh. And uh, you know, there's a there's there's a few things going on with it. Yep. And I, I would say I wasn't 100 percent sure if it would yeah. make it all the way to St. Louis. It's a long drive, and actually, the air conditioning broke halfway there. Yeah. It was terrible, but um, but did you believe that it would get you there? I I thought there was a pretty good chance, but I wasn't so, I wasn't fully confident. Well, a belief doesn't mean that you have one hundred percent certainty. A belief just means you think something will be the case. You know, like I might mm-hmm. believe that. Sorry, my phone alarm just went off. Can you still hear me? I can hear you. Yeah. So I might believe uh, that, you know, so, uh, like, I don't know, who who's a really good basketball team right now? You know, I, I don't know. Um, totally drawn a blank, actually. Uh, I have no idea. Let's, let's say, the, say Chicago the, Bulls. Yeah, that's what I thought. Hey, what are the let's chances say, of that? Yeah, right. Um, we must be – We are you a 90s kid? I think you are. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> So let's say the Chicago Bulls are like just beating everybody, you know, just dominating. And I say, I believe that they're going to win the Super Bowl because of how well they're playing. That doesn't mean that I know. Yeah. That doesn't mean that I know that they're going to win the, yeah. Did I say Super Bowl? I'm sorry. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. sorry. I had to correct you. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I, I'm sorry about that. Um, no, I know the difference. I'm not a huge yeah, yeah. sports guy, but I do know the difference. Anyway, yeah, yeah. that's embarrassing. Um, the uh, I'm just saying that um, I wouldn't know that they're going to win, but I would believe it, you know. And that's still still a, a belief that people people believe things like that all the time that they don't have absolute certainty of, but they have good reason to, you know, and you've probably gotten around in your car and, and done long trips like that before. I would imagine and it got you there, mm. you know, not um, quite that long, not quite that long, but probably no. long trips, you mm. know? Um, I, I think that if you, every time you got in your car and tried to do, you know, drive for more than an hour and it broke down and, and then this time you were like, I'm going to get all the way there and I'm not going to have any car trouble. That wouldn't be a justified belief. You might believe it, but, you know, uh, that really wouldn't be a very justified belief. I think we'd both agree. So. Uh, I guess if I, uh, 
if there was like a, a parking lot of uh, half the cars were really nice cars that were like practically brand new. Yeah. And the other half were just like complete pieces of garbage where, yeah. you know, the oil is literally dripping out of them in big drips as it drives. Uh-huh. Um, and I were to pick uh, I think just a random car on that lot. Uh-huh. And I wasn't able to inspect it at all. Where should my right. confidence be that it will get me to my destination? I would think with the new cars, definitely. No, no, I mean, like, I don't get to choose which one. I don't know which one it is. They just put me in it. What kind of uh, I car did I they don't put get, you in? I don't have that available to me to know. So I'm a little bit confused. It, the car is going to be picked for you? Yeah, like I don't, and, I don't have anything really to go by. It's just I'm placed into it. So someone is placing you into a, a car, and they're going to drive you, or or are you going to drive? I drive yourself? myself. It doesn't it doesn't really matter, I suppose. Either way. Okay, and and the question is, should you think that you're going to get, you're going to make it without? Um, yeah, where should my confidence be if there's no uh, is there was there was there an equal okay so so half the cars let me make sure i understand this correctly yeah. you're saying half the cars are basically look like they're not going to make it and half the cars yeah. look like they would make it yeah so you're and and you've got a 50 50 shot um yeah i guess i would say um you shouldn't you shouldn't believe it um okay. Shouldn't, shouldn't think one way or the other, you know, um, like that, that's just a coin flip, you know? So if I flipped a coin and you said, do you believe it's going to land on heads or tails? I would just say, I don't have a belief it, it might land one way or the other, you know, but if somebody, uh, is on a roulette table, right. And they're spinning it and they say, do you think it's going to land on green? I'd be like, no, I, I do have a belief because odds are, it's not going to land on green. There's only two green and there's what, 98 other uh, options, possibilities. I mean, if somebody, <clears throat> if somebody asks me if I'm going into a casino to gamble and they, and they say, do you think you're going to make money? <laughs> I would say no, because the, uh, the house has the advantage. Right. So I would have a belief there, but if um, I don't know, I, I think I've explained, would you agree with that? Yeah. Yeah, I would. Okay. So is that how you feel about um, is that how you feel about your ability to reason? You just simply don't know. Um, I wouldn't say that's on my ability to reason. Like, um, if I take some of these assumptions and say yes within this, like if I'm assuming reality is real, if I'm assuming, um, you know, that my senses are are good, right? Like, I think I can make some pretty good uh, yeah. determinations. You know, I think I could be yeah. a, a good juror on a, on a jury trial, right? Okay. Um, but I think when it comes down to uh, some supernatural beliefs, whether I should believe in them or not, I don't feel like I have enough evidence. I feel like I'm the guy who's blindfolded and got put into a car. Okay. I see. I mean, but strictly speaking, you have absolutely no evidence that your reasoning is valid or that the future will be like the past or that um, 
the laws of logic exist. All of those are just totally circular as far as, as getting to the heart of the justification, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess, like, if I assume those are real, um, which I kind of, some of those Do. things, you know, I yeah. just live my life. Um, yeah. Assuming but, them. Uh, yeah. Believing yeah, them. If, if relying on them. But, um, so, so would, you would agree that you do believe those things without any evidence whatsoever, right? Um, like, not necessarily. Um, really? You know, not really. Like, uh, what's what's a good example? What what do you think is the most important one? I would say either your ability to reason being sound or the laws of logic being real existence laws of logic yeah i mean yeah. like i i live my life and it's i mean we can i can make up observations right and uh that's what it seems like and i mean that's what we're i'm gonna I'm gonna go by because i have no other real option right um do i know if things yeah. are going to change in an instant no idea absolutely no idea well because do you know what i mean when i say the laws of logic i, I perhaps not I think I okay. was thinking you meant the, um, what's the word? Like natural Uniformity laws, of that's nature? what I was thinking. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. My bad. Okay, no. When I say the laws of logic, I'm talking about the foundational um, uh, part of logic. So all logic is really resting on three pillars, uh, three laws, which are the law of identity, the law of non-contradiction, and the law of the excluded middle. Uh, so the law of identity says that A is A. So a thing is itself. The law of non-contradiction says that A cannot be B in the same place in the same time. Okay. So A is not B. So a dog yeah. is not a cat, right? Yeah. Um, okay. uh, so a thing cannot be itself and not itself at the same place and time. That's the law of non-contradiction. And then the law of the excluded middle is that uh, every proposition is either true or false. There's no middle. So either God exists or God does not exist, you know, either you're like um, a man or you're not, you know. Um, so that's the law of the excluded middle. I guess it's not very politically correct, but <laughs> does that make sense? Okay. So so yeah. all reasoning, all use of logic is really based on these three axiomatic laws. And, you know, if I say to you, do you believe in these laws that they are real, that they exist? You know, I, what would you say? Um, I, the way that I view it is it's more like, for example, um, the, for the first law, A is A, right? A is um, A, almost, law of identity. A is A, um, law of identity, right? Um, that does seem definitional. It seems like if you describe A as A, then A is A, right? Um, so that one is... It, in the context of the other ones, I get why it's there. Like, don't get me wrong. It's yeah. kind of a compilation right but that one i mean it's definitional 
moving on to the other one, right? The what was that? The law of contradiction. Yeah, but but one, one second though, I, mm -hmm. I'm not <clears throat> I'm not just defining things. I'm saying that these laws are real, that they exist. When I make an argument, I'm not saying that you get to have your logic and I get to have my logic. I'm saying that these laws are above both of us, and that we both need to appeal to the same laws. And I think you are too. Um, so they're not just subjective. They're not just definitional. You don't just get to define logic your way and I get to define it my way. Yeah. I don't get to say no, well, I... A is A is not A, right? Um, you know, I don't get to say logically I'm always right and you're always wrong, you know? Um, yeah. so I'm saying that these things are real. I'm not just, I'm not just defining them into reality because we can do that with fairies. We can do that with Santa Claus. We can do that with God. Um, what I'm saying is that these are the laws of logic and they are real and we're both appealing to them. But the question is, do you believe that they are real? I've, it seems like I had a better understanding prior to you <laughs> explaining it. Um, okay. How about only, this? Do you, do you believe that uh, the number two is real? That it exists? Like the concept of two or the linguistic the naming two. of two? No, the number two. Not not the naming yeah. of two. Not not so not the fact that the we concept. just happen to call it two. Yeah, the, the, the two. The concept? Correct. I think it's an abstract thought. That abstract yeah, but, thought is real, right? Okay. But like, I mean, is it real in any more of a real way than like Bigfoot might be an abstract thought? or dragons might be an abstract thought or is it just as fictitious as, as other things that you have no evidence for belief in? Uh, I think it's a, it's a concept. I mean, yeah. it's, it's a concept. I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. But like Central. I said, there, there are a bunch of other concepts that you don't believe are real, mm -hmm. like sin. Right. Okay. So do it's, you think it's that, not like a matter of, whether it's real or not, it's, it's well. Everything, everything is either real, meaning it exists, or it's not real, meaning that it does not exist, right? So, do you think that Bigfoot is real and exists, uh, or do you think Bigfoot is not real and does not exist? I'm assuming we're talking about the same Bigfoot, and if that's the case, then no. Like dragons, you know, fairies. Do you think yeah. any of these okay. things are actually real? Um. I would I would say the likelihood is is probably not. You don't believe in them, right? Right. So well, you don't. I would say the likelihood is 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 false. I could be convinced that they are absolutely sure. Yeah, but right now you don't think that they're real. Is that fair to say? Yeah. Yeah, you don't believe in their existence, but they exist conceptually. Because when I say Bigfoot, we're both thinking of the same thing, right? We probably have a pretty similar idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So we agree that they exist as concepts, but we both agree that they're probably not real. So that means that concepts are not certainly not necessarily real. But can a concept be more real than Bigfoot is, I guess, my question, because if I it can't, it. if it can't, then I would argue and I, don't, I believe that they can be more real. But if you're going to say that they can't be, then I think you're going to have to bite the bullet and stop believing in the laws of logic. Because those are conceptual. 
I, I, I would say that the that it's conceptual and it's real as a concept. As far as, as logic, yeah, I know we we're as, agreed that they're conceptual. Okay. But the question is, are they real? Do they exist or do they not exist? What do you think? You're gonna have to like exist in the sense of exist I mean, I, in I guess the sense I would of say... being real. Exist meaning to be, you know, like right now you you think that um Superman does not actually exist, right? He's not real. He's uh like figment of your imagination, right? He's something that's imaginary, not real. Like Lord of the Rings is fiction, okay. right? Not real. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So are the laws of logic fiction like that, or are they actually real and a part of our universe somehow? Part of reality. See, that's where I don't think that it is a fair comparison between the number two as a concept and the laws of logic. Okay, I why not? They're, I think they're in like different they're different things. Like I guess it's like it's like comparing uh, what would it uh, um You said that they're like both a, they're all concepts, aren't they? I would s- I think so. So they're at least similar in that respect, right? Yes. Okay. I mean, some concepts are real, right? Like um, cheetahs, the concept of a cheetah is real, right? Like yeah, cheetahs actually really, really, right. really do exist. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. How about this? Do you think that something can exist and not be physical? Um, I'm not sure. Maybe, maybe not. No idea. Um, I would, I would say like, uh, like real as in, I mean, like the number two. Real as in actually existing. Remember when I say real, I mean actually exist. Do you think something can is exist it, that is not made of material, not made of atoms and energy? Um, I guess no. Like, I guess really? when I think of existing, I think of physically existing. I can't really get that yeah. out of my head. Right. That's probably because you're a materialist. Okay. I mean, I think we're just defining the, the word differently. Which word? Materialist exist. or exist? Exist, yeah. Well, I, I've been pretty specific about how I'm defining it, right? You know what I mean, right? Um, No, not really. Okay, when I say something exists, I mean that it either is real, part of reality, or it's not real, and it's not part of reality. Okay? So, like... Yeah. Um, what, what do you mean by reality? Reality is simply what actually is the case, you know? Reality is uh, reality. Reality is uh, the real. Um, so w- whatever actually is the case is is reality. So if something actually exists, then it is part of reality. If something is, does not exist, it is not part of actual reality. So like, for example, um, a married bachelor, 
right? Could not be in any possible world, could not be part of reality because it's a contradiction, violates the laws of logic. There could not be a person that is both married and unmarried at the same time in the same place, right? Bachelors are unmarried. Married men are not bachelors, right? Um, There could not be a square circle, right? That's an impossible being. So there's, there's three kinds of beings. There's impossible beings, contingent beings, which are beings that are possible, but do not necessarily exist. Like pretty much everything in our world is a contingent being. You and I didn't necessarily have to exist and we could, not exist in the next instant if we were to die for example um and then there is a necessary being which is a being that does exist necessarily which is what i would argue god is um so um i guess i said all that to say that when i say something is real or not i'm asking is it a possible being it has to be a possible being to even possibly be real can't be a married bachelor or square circle so is it a possible being and does do we have do you have a reason to think it actually exists right um does it actually exist is it part of reality and if if you think that um the only things that are real are things made of matter then you shouldn't believe in uh consciousness you shouldn't believe in the laws of logic you should not believe in is, numbers do we know that consciousness is not matter I would say, yeah, it's definitely not. How do we know that? Um, Because it arises. um, Matter would just be the uh, brain itself. Um, Consciousness is something like you can't you can't put. Okay, let's think about this way. You cannot put consciousness itself. Can't measure it. You can't weigh it. It's not a material thing. Can you, can you measure someone's consciousness? Can you measure if they're consciousness or not? You can you can determine maybe um, like if they have brain activity, but mm-hmm. you cannot uh, measure consciousness. No, I don't think you can. You can't like uh, like know. how much how much would consciousness weigh? Because it should have an actual weight if it's material. Is a is a brain that is conscious, does it weigh more than a brain that's not conscious? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> I don't know. You I don't know the answer no. to that. <laughs> no. How do you know that? Well, I know because I'm a Christian and consciousness isn't doesn't come from the brain. Uh, the brain is like uh, um, kind of our, our computer. Um, it's like what holds information for us, but it's, uh, we believe that it's our soul that is really what's conscious, not, not just, the the matter and the atoms spinning in our, in our heads. Does an SSD weigh more if it has more data on it? Does a does a what a memory card weigh more if it has more data in it? Yep. Mm. No, and that's that's another thing too it, that you shouldn't believe does. in. It does. <clears throat> You're telling me and if you like, add ones and zeros, if if you change the binary in a memory if card, if you have a if you have a completely unformatted card straight from the factory without any low-level formatting 
and then you either format it, which technically adds data, or if you just you know format and then add data, whatever, whichever way you want to go about it, or add raw data somehow, it will actually weigh very, very, it's like totally like micro, micro, micrograms, but it technically does weigh more. Well, that's really interesting. Um, I wonder why. It has something to do with how SSDs hold data, and it's like uh, it traps electrons oh, in uh, okay. like little pieces, and then those actually have weight. Therefore, the data literally weighs something. Well, that, that's pretty interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. Thank you. I learned something new today. Cool. My job here is done. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Let's go home. Yeah. Um, I'm just glad I said something useful. <laughs> no, that is interesting. Um, but I, I don't believe that uh, information all, uh, is made of material either, actually. Um, for example, um, if you have a group of, uh, let's say you have 12 pencils um, in front of you, okay? And they're just randomly assorted, right? Um, there's no information there. But you can, without adding any material whatsoever to the pencils, you can arrange those pencils. You know, you're not adding any atoms or any energy whatsoever to the pencils themselves, but you can arrange those pencils into information. Meaning that information. You you cut out there for a minute, but I think I got the gist of it. I I think I disagree. Like, I think prior to arranging the pencils, I think there's information there. It's just not useful information to us, but nonetheless, still information. So do you think, like, everything is information technically? I mean, I guess technically, sure. Just most of it wouldn't be useful. Okay. So, um, could anything that exists not be information? Um, I mean, I guess not. I mean, technically you can visualize, see, well, not see anything, but I mean, anything that you can measure the atoms of somehow, I guess. So, so uh, if I dropped a bunch of pencils onto the ground and they're just scattered. What's the information there? Well, I mean, I could write down which pencil fell where and whatever, how much ink each one has, the arrangement, I guess. Could take a picture and the, the pixels would have information about the pencils. Hmm. I, I don't think any of that's useful, but I mean, I guess it's yeah. technically information. Yeah, I suppose you're like making information out of it, I guess. Yeah. Hmm. So like if you observe something, then you're cataloging it, which would be information and everything. Yeah. You believe that everything that exists could be observed. So everything basically exists in a way as potential information. Is that kind of yep, what you're exactly. saying? Yep. You got okay. it. Interesting. Um, I understand that. Um, would you agree that there are like, um, okay, would you agree that there's a difference between useful information or non-useful information and like 
real information. You know, like there's a difference between scattered pencils and, um, or would you agree that there's like a big difference between sand on a beach and then writing on a beach that says like SOS? Yeah, there's, I think there's certain information that, that we can interpret in a way that makes more sense than others. Like if somebody, if, if I, um, if I have pencils that are scattered and mm-hmm. you say that there's information there and I arrange them to spell out a word, you know, mm-hmm. like, um, go, um, like out of house, something like that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, would you say that I've added information or no? No, I, I think you've just arranged the information in a way that... But there, there, there's now information that there wasn't before. Would you agree with that? Uh, not, no. No? So the, no. It, the, did the pencils, was was the information out of house always there? Was the... When I, when when the pencils when were was... scattered... It didn't say mm-hmm. out of house. Then I arranged the pencils to say, uh, let's say I uh, arranged them to say gone for next hour. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah, is I, that I, new information? I think it's just rearranged information, rearranged information that will convey a message. But that information wasn't there before, right? I think it was all the same amount of information. It was, let me use an analogy. So let's say I, um, there's some software that, uh, that you can use to uh, format uh, like a flash drive so that all Mm -hmm. the contents, like let's say I got a bunch of really, uh, my tax documents around this flash drive, right? And you would say that that's information, right? That's, documents have yeah absolutely information. it's got a it's got a certain amount of megabytes let's say it's 10 megabytes mm-hmm. and let's say it fills up the whole drive the drive is only 10 megabytes that's super small but you know let's say it's 1991 or something and so i put that uh i have that on currently on it and then i put it into my computer and i want to make sure nobody ever reads that because i it's done with the usefulness and i need to make sure nobody can get that information there's a software that you can use that will just scramble all the ones and zeros because that's all that that information is. It's a whole bunch of ones and zeros. And this information will just scramble it all up and make rewrites the information. Cause if you just press the delete in windows and most operating systems, it just changes the table of contents and you can recover right. the documents. that yeah. are. So this scrambles yeah. it all up, makes it all ones and zeros and nobody well, can randomize ones and zeros. Cause it was already ones yeah. and zeros. Correct, correct. It was a ones and zeros that made sense. Now it's ones and zeros that don't make sense. And um, yeah. so it's the same amount of information. It's just one you can read and it's like, oh, that's a tax document. I know exactly what that is. That's conveying a message to me. And the other one is just like static. It doesn't mean anything to anybody. Um, wouldn't you agree that there's like, wouldn't you agree that there's uh, different, so, so to you, these, these, there's not really any actual change in the level of information between the first and the second, like nothing was actually technically lost. Is that what you're saying? Right. Huh? I don't think I would agree with that. Huh? 
Just the usefulness. Usefulness of the information. Just usefulness of the information. Mm -hmm. So something was yep. lost. Usefulness, right. Yeah. I mean, it would be lost information. Uh, I mean, like... Like, if I, if I if came you... in and, and, and held your phone up to a really strong magnet, I feel like you would think that something was lost, right? <laughs> the usefulness of the phone, yeah, would be a piece of garbage now, right? Um, yeah, I mean, but that's because all the information is no longer there, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, well, the information is now... I, I don't Gone. know what exactly magnets would do to it, but... They would, would either make it all they ones would wipe or all zeros it. or something yeah. bad. But yeah, exactly. Right. I th still think the there would be information there. It just wouldn't be any use for me anymore. It would. Yeah, but the the information that was there is no longer there, so it's lost. Right. Are you, like what what does the magnet do to it now? Like does it suck it out of it? Is it in the magnet now? It like it no it uh, it just kind of. <laughs> It polarizes everything. I think it, it changes everything to like a one or something. Okay. Um, but so yeah, there's still it, the ones it, it, there. Yeah. So it's still information. It's, it just yeah. sucks now. But the information that was there is not there anymore, right? The, so information, the information like in your notes, like let's say you had notes. I take a lot of phone notes. Okay. Okay. Like uh, every time I see something that's interesting that I might need to refer back to, I put it in my phone notes and I... Okay. And I keep links there. Okay. So I have a lot of information that's in my phone notes um, that might be uh, useful to me later on. All yeah. right. And that's the only place that it is. That's the only place I keep my, yeah. uh, this information. So if you were to take my phone and hold it up to a strong magnet and I didn't have my phone backed up on the I iCloud, all that information that I had, I would no longer have. That information has now been lost, right? Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's one way of linguistically saying it, like that information is no longer that information. That information is something nobody ever wants now. It's just, it's, it's been reduced to, you know, Garbled, well, it's garbled it's nonsense, no longer there. Right? There, that information no longer exists on my phone. You're it's saying gone. like the the electrons are no longer there. I don't think you're saying that, right? No, I'm saying that the information, the notes, the links, the things that were were there that were information are no longer. It's no longer there. It's gone. Like the concept? I can no longer. Like the the actual information the idea, that was the idea of that information yeah uh, i mean like yeah i mean it, let's say i had uh an audiobook that i was writing myself okay, okay. and okay. it existed on my phone well a book is really information right okay. it's sequenced letters in a certain way to be intelligible to other human beings it's information uh -huh. so if this if this book only existed on my phone and let's say I died, so I didn't even have it in my head. And my wife really wanted to like publish this book, okay? And the book only exists on my phone because she hasn't copied it to her phone or anything. And then someone were to take that phone, which the, the book, which is information, only exists on, and holds it up to a magnet, which will wipe out the, in, the memory of the phone, okay? That book is now lost. 
It doesn't exist anymore. Okay. Can't cannot retrieve it. Would we agree on that? Uh, I, just to be clear, because I know where this is going to go. Um, <laughs> we are talking about the concept of the book, the idea of the book, the the. Do in we an agree? Abstract sense, not the physical electrons trapped in the memory of the device, right? Just to be clear. Yeah, we're we're okay. talking about the the book itself, like being able to read the book and, uh, you know. I don't know if um, you can say the book itself because that kind of just implies that it's a physical object. Maybe maybe to your way of thinking, that's kind of my point: is that these things are not physical. They're uh, yeah, information isn't physical. It's um, it's metaphysical. It's something that has to do with our minds, which are also not physical. So maybe that's why you're really struggling with this. Yeah, I would I would consider what you're describing as information, I would describe as an idea. But aren't ideas information? You said everything is an is information. I I think I was referring just to anything physical. Do you think ideas are physical? Uh, in in a sense of like the human b- mind and electrical signals. So, like, give me an sort idea. Of. You, like, tell you an idea. Yeah, give me an idea. Tell me an idea. Uh, uh this is skateboarding magazine with Tony Hawk on it. Okay. So that's an idea. You're not talking about an actual thing, right? I, I don't think that, well, I mean, that probably does exist, but yeah, I just kind of right. made it up. Okay. So how do you know that that idea is, um, is made of matter and, and real? Like, have you tested that idea? Well, uh, I mean, from what I understand about the human yeah. brain, uh, you know, it's electrical signals, electrical yeah. signals are technically matter. Therefore, yeah, but do you know, have you actually tested to see if those electrical signals are actually like ideas? Ah, okay. Um, I don't think anyone actually knows that for sure. <laughs> but you believe it, don't you? Um, I, I have a degree of confidence. I'm not anywhere near 100%. But you do believe it, right? Um, I, I don't know. Like... Well, you think ideas are real? Are we talking about ideas as in conceptual or ideas as in electrical signals? I mean, like, just an idea. I I don't believe ideas are electric. Yeah. Um, I mean, concepts, like, are a thing. Um, So concepts exist? In a conceptual way, yes. Okay. Uh, like Bigfoot, do you, right? do you have like a, a test that that established that? I'm not trying to be mean to you. I'm just I'm just trying to try hopefully get you to think about these things. Is there a test that we could perform to see if concepts exist? Yeah. Sure. Think of something. Okay, I'm thinking of something. Okay, tell me what it is. Uh, pink elephant. 
Okay, you were able to think of a concept that exists. Okay, so okay, <laughs> that's the test. There you go. No, the, the the test. What I mean is, were you able to uh, to verify and prove that concepts exist materially? Oh, materially. I don't think yeah, that's true. Because because you said everything that exists exists materially. That's right. Or do I am I misunderstanding your position? Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of. I don't know another word to use to describe uh, a concept. Like, I, I think the concepts are are something, right? Are they something that's always physical? No. Um, what what are they? I, I don't know. They're a concept. <laughs> yeah, but you believe that they're real, don't you? Yeah. Like, you just thought of one. Yeah. Me. I mean, I believe that they're real too, but mm-hmm. if you're going to, like, for a materialist, that's a big problem because what's the scientific evidence that concepts exist as um, matter and energy? You know, what's the test that proves that? You know? I, I don't think matter or energy are a concept. Yeah, but. So that would mean that uh, you're not a materialist then, because materialists believe everything that exists reduces down to matter and energy. So if concepts exist, they would reduce down to matter and energy, which is not really provable. Um, I guess by that definition, uh, no, I'm not a not a materialist. So you believe in immaterial things like God. Um. Like, like as a concept, like as a thought, like as a as a thing. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I guess. Like things, things can exist that are not actually made of matter, that are not able to be tested by science. I, because science I, only tests what's made of matter, right? Science only observes the material world. So if something existed that was not made of matter, science wouldn't be able to have any scope in that area. Okay. I mean, I I wouldn't say that science is the only way to determine that something is, like, I don't think that's the only reliable method. What's another reliable method? Well, I'm not entirely sure of all the reliable methods right i think one would be like if you you wanted to you know test the idea of a of a concept right and i asked you to come up with one you're able to come up with one that's the test so that's like the proof that the concept is real but that doesn't prove that the concept is real materially right right it just it doesn't prove that the concept is true in any sense like the idea of it but it proves that Concepts can be thought of, of and spoken, presented. Yeah, but don't you think that um, some concepts seem to be more real than others? I mean, once again, when you make arguments, you're not appeal- you're appealing to the laws of logic. You're appealing to the existence of logic, and you seem to be treating logic as if it's much more real 
and something that we should all be trying to be, which is logical, treating it much as if it's something much more real than Superman is, than you think Superman is, or, uh, you know, unicorns, right? Is that fair to say? Um, the laws of logic are more yeah. real than unicorns. Yeah, I mean, every time I that mean, we make arguments, we're appealing to the laws of logic as if they're real, aren't we? Saying, like, uh, if you say, like, you should be logical, you know, if somebody says sure. that and you say, well, well, do you think that means that you think logic exists, right? And, and if the other person is like, no, well, then it's like, well, if it doesn't exist, then why should I be logical, right? But nobody says, like, you should be, uh, I don't know, you should be a square circle, right? Because that, that can't exist. Um, I guess. What I mean is how do that you know uh, the how do you know that the laws of logic are real? Um, because of the impossibility of the contrary, because you have to actually use that. You would have to use them in order to prove that they're not real. Um, what I mean is to say like logic doesn't exist would be using logic in the first place. So to deny logic would require the use of logic. You would have to say there's this thing called logic and it do- it's not logical to believe in it or it doesn't exist. So when you say there's this thing logic, you're using the law of identity. You've already assumed logic in the first place. So what I mean is to deny the existence of logic would require logic to exist in the first place. So this is a transcendental argument for the existence of logic. The same way if I asked you, how do you know that truth exists? And you would say, well, it's not possible that truth doesn't exist because this, the, the sentence truth does not exist cannot be true because that, that's a true sentence. You know? So that's a contradiction. So if, if truth didn't exist, it would be contradictory. Because truth does not exist is, a, is itself a contradiction because that's a true statement, right? So it's the same way. These things exist transcendentally. They exist in a way that is more real than you or I or any material thing exists. Um, I would argue that the laws of logic are eternal, universal, um, met, uh, metaphysical, meaning they exist, but they're, they're immaterial, um, transcendental, meaning they're above all of us. Um, we're all kind of beholden to them. Um, yeah. I hope I, did, did that make sense? What I said? I, I, I think so. I'm, I'm just wondering, uh, how it relates to a belief in a God. Well, that's a really, that's a good question. Um, I, I believe it relates very much because if the laws of logic really do exist and like I said, to me, if you want to deny that they exist, you have to use them in the first place. So you actually can't deny them because you have to use them to deny them, um, which would mean that they already existed. So you cannot deny they exist, which means they do exist. And the question is that then becomes what is the necessary precondition for them to exist? OK, like what is the necessary precondition for your car to turn on in the morning? Well, you need gas, right? 
-hmm. there must be gas in the engine, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So a necessary precondition for your car to turn on in the morning is gas in the engine. So if your car turns on in the end, uh, in the morning, there must be some gas in the engine, right? Okay. Um, that's what I mean. Uh, so in this, the necessary preconditions. Yep. I think, I think I'm about to get there. Yeah. The necessary (laughs) preconditions for the existence of logic would be, uh, God. And let me explain. So, like I just said, logic is metaphysical. It's uh, meaning that it exists, but not as a physical thing. It exists in a metaphysical way. Uh, so it's immaterial. It's universal. It's it's true in all places and at all times. So it's eternal as well. Um, and it's conceptual, meaning that um, uh, it's it's conceptual in nature, meaning it's a uh, it's kind of a a thought. It's not that that's how that's the nature of logic. Well, all concepts require minds in order to exist. So if the laws of logic exist and they are all eternal, concepts. Re- wait, 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 wait. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, sure. All concepts require a mind. Yeah. Would the number uh, would would uh, if there was two things to exist without a mind? Would those two things exist? Like, would that be two? Not if they're concepts. Interesting. Yeah, a concept cannot exist outside of a mind. Concepts can only exist in a mind. Like, because all is a all con- concepts are conceived of in minds. If if there's something that is real, um, let, let's say uh, there's uh, some sort of anti gravity. I don't know if there is. Maybe there's. Maybe well, well, hang on. You're kind of you're kind of getting. I didn't quite finish my point, though. Yeah, but we can't continue unless we clear this up, because otherwise the rest of it isn't going to make sense. We can come back to it. I I was just about there. Okay, go ahead. So so if the laws of logic exist in an eternal, uh, universal, uh, conceptual way, and if concepts require minds to exist, then that means that for the law, the necessary precondition, for the laws of logic to exist would be a mind that is universal, eternal. Um, well, I can just say universal, eternal uh, for now, I guess. Yeah, because universal is everywhere. Um, yeah, so so a mind that is universal and eternal, which sounds a lot like God to me. So that's why I believe that God is a necessary precondition for the possibility of the laws of logic to exist and since the laws of logic clearly do exist since you have to assume them in order to uh disprove them then uh therefore that must require god to exist now now go ahead let's talk about uh if concepts require minds yeah so so if there's this thing um anti-gravity whatever i don't know if that's even really a thing i don't think so Uh uh-huh but uh let's say it does exist it is a thing Nobody's discovered it yet. Nobody's even thought of it. Nobody's yeah. ever. Does it exist? Is it actually a thing? Like that's in reality. Yeah, let's that say no so, let's say someone di- let's say someone discovers it and is able to demonstrate it in the year twenty fifty. Yeah, we're talking today. Does it exist? Yeah, it does exist. If it's if it's really a part of reality, then it exists. Nobody's ever thought of it though. It's never been well, in anyone's I would... mind. I would argue that 
everything is in the mind of God. So God's thought of it. How do you know that? Uh, because God is the necessary precondition for the possibility of laws of logic and knowledge. And we have logic and knowledge. So God must exist. Didn't you, isn't that the same reason that you use to de- determine God as what I'm saying is, isn't that circular? No, it's not circular. It's a uh, transcendental argument is not uh, circular. Transcendental argument. No, I'm talking about what you just sorry? said to, to know that God knows that. You know, well, that God, God is, knows God that is this all thing, knowing. And you know that because of, Oh yeah, uh, because I have knowledge. I didn't actually explain that, so I can I can explain that real quick. Um, so the reason why I know that God has knowledge is because an all-knowing being is a necessary precondition for the possibility of any knowledge. What I mean by that is, you and I you know that, are limited. You know that God knows this thing because you know that God is all-knowing. Correct. And and I let me explain why I know that God is all-knowing. Um, you and I are limited knowledge beings, meaning that we do not know everything. Now, imagine I draw a circle and I ask you, I say, you know, some things, let's just say that we both have knowledge. We both know some things because not knowing anything is a contradiction. So we have some knowledge. We have to know some things. We can't know nothing. That's a contradiction. So let's say I ask you how, if, if everything in the circle is everything that could possibly be known, okay, that's all possible knowledge. So that's 100% of all the possible things that could be known. And I ask you, how much, what percentage of the circle do you think you know? What would the answer be? I, I think I, I lost track of you for a sec there. I think you've cut out for a second, actually. Um, oh, can you hear me now? What's in the circle? Yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry about that. The circle is all possible knowledge. So everything that could possibly oh, okay. be known is in the circle. So what percentage of the circle do you think you would know? Uh, it's probably a very small decimal. Yeah, let's just say 1% to be generous, okay? Okay, sure. So the question then becomes, could the 99% of things that you don't know prove you wrong about all of the things that you think you know yeah probably yeah and in order to actually know something you can't be wrong about it because it has to be true so if you could be proven wrong about something then you really don't know it because it could be proven false because of all the things that you don't know right is is that true for you also yeah that's true yeah yeah, that's also true okay. for me. Yep. Okay, cool. So so what that means is that um, we, you and I can't know anything because we are not all-knowing. What, what, what it means is okay. that in order to know anything, you have to actually know everything. Because if you don't know everything, then what you think you know could be proven wrong by all the things that you don't know. Do you see that? But by that logic, we shouldn't believe in God then, right? Because we don't – we could – totally be wrong right yeah but hang on okay i'm hanging just on a second all right i'm hanging on okay yep just 
So, um, so that that's the argument for why a an all-knowing being is necessary for the possibility of knowledge. Because unless you know everything, unless you're all-knowing, you can't know anything. Okay. So unless there's an all-knowing being, no knowledge is possible because any being that is not all-knowing couldn't know anything because the stuff they don't know could prove them wrong about what they think they know. You tracking all that? I think so. I think I'm on board with you. I think I'm okay. Well, I mean, I'm not like you can always change your mind. Early agreeing with you, but yeah. I, I think but I'm I, understanding. I just want to make you sure mean. you're That's following I mean. me. I'm yeah. following. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. Okay. So if that's the case, um, and and that's what I'm arguing is uh, that an all-knowing being is a necessary precondition for the possibility of knowledge, and then I'm saying that human beings have knowledge. So that must mean that the reason why we have knowledge is through revelation of some kind from an all-knowing being, because that's the only way that it is possible is that some of this knowledge from this being is given to us. And we know that we have knowledge because to deny knowledge is a contradiction and, and not possible. To say, I know nothing is like saying everything I say is false, right? That's, that's a contradiction can't be true i think i may have agreed to something that i did believe um, say that say it again did i did i agree did i agree to um you can always rescind your agreements i'm not gonna yeah hold yeah to I, I i think what i think what i accidentally agreed to and you can correct me if i'm wrong is that um i only have one percent of this knowledge and i think you had said like all of that knowledge can prove me wrong or does yeah, can, prove me I wrong? Said, I said, can, can the, the information and the knowledge that you don't, can the things that you don't know prove you wrong about the things that you claim to know or think you know? Yeah, I, I think it's possible um, yeah. that that's the case. Like yeah. maybe. Yes. Um, not necessarily. The, the question though. is, can. I mean, I, yeah. I think that I could have really good, reliable ways to know things. However, but that's um, operating within the information that you think, you know, there's a whole 99.999% of things that you don't know that could totally turn everything upside down for all I the mean, things like, that you think, you know, there are certain things that I definitely know for sure. Um, like I'm what, like pretty what? much an expert at, at Adobe CS4. Like I, okay. I know like practically every single keyboard short, shortcut there is. I know exactly yeah. how the program works. Yeah. Um, like, I'm definitely not wrong about that stuff. Yeah, but remember, all of that is based on uh, assumptions and presuppositions that are not justified. It's remember not justified that I know about the program? Yeah, because thinking that you know about it requires you to be reasoning correctly, which you can't justify your reasoning because you have to appeal to your reasoning requires uh the idea of a self which is not able to be proven without being first assumed you know like you're saying i am good at adobe well what's the what's the evidence and the justification for belief in uh the the self the i um you know um adobe the idea of adobe even existing is based on your sense data Right. So you're having to see Adobe and appeal to your senses. So I say, how do you know Adobe is even real? Um, 
and you appeal to your senses. And I say, well, how do you know that your senses are real? And you're going to have to refer to your senses in order to prove them, which is once again, begging the question. So all these, when you say I'm really good at Adobe, all of that re- relies on and rests on assumptions that are not able to be justified. Is this, I, so, I gotta so ask. you don't know um, Adobe. Sure. I, 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 in all honesty, I have no, um, no desire to, to argue, uh, about that. Um, just being straight up honest. Yeah, no, that's um, fine. Okay. I wasn't sure. I, I just I'm, want, just, I'm just, go ahead. I really, really am curious about this question though. And mm-hmm. I think it's an important one. Everything, the whole like argument that this is, right? This is really an argument, right? Correct me if what I'm I wrong. just said. Yeah, yeah. Like the whole thing. Yeah. I mean, you're not presenting it necessarily as an argument, but it, it is an argument. Yeah, cool. it is an argument. We're on the same page. Okay, cool. Uh, how important is this to your belief? Like if this argument, if, if you had never really thought of this argument, would it really affect your belief in God whatsoever? Uh, well, I would say at this point, no, but these arguments are yeah. the reason why I left atheism. You know, like what I said about knowledge and how atheism leads to the contradiction. I can't know anything. I realized that when I was an atheist and and that's when I knew that God must exist was because I realized that I didn't realize that after I got saved, I realized that before. And I actually waited three months once I knew atheism could not be true. I waited three months to, uh, to give my life over to God because I wanted to sin more, frankly. Um, not that I would have put it that way at the time, but that is, I just didn't want to, we all want to serve ourselves. We, you know, especially me, I want, I want to No, nobody wants to, we, we love our autonomy. We love doing what we want to do, you know? What, and, uh, yeah, go ahead. Would the, this, would this reason alone get you there? Like you said, you waited well, three months. Yeah. Like, was there other reasons that you discovered in those three months or was yeah, it? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this? like, okay. yeah, I mean like the laws of logic, I, I, I so I, I think I mentioned this, if you remember in my thread, why I left atheism, I was thinking yeah. about the laws of logic. And I realized, you know, every time I say why I don't believe in God, I'm making it, uh, I'm appealing to these laws of logic. I'm appealing to the existence of logic. And I realized, well, wait a second. I'm saying I don't believe in God because I don't have any physical evidence of him. I've never seen him. I've never smelt him. I've never touched God. You show me God and I'll believe in God. That's what I said, right? You show me Santa Claus, I'll believe in Santa Claus. Show me God, show me a real miracle, I'll believe in God. But then I realized, well, wait a second, I'm making a logical argument. That means that I believe in logic, because if I didn't, why would I be appealing to it? All arguments appeal to the existence of logic. So the question is... If you don't mind if I interrupt here. I'm sorry for interrupting, I do apologize. No, it's fine. Uh, at, At that point... Why don't you become agnostic to logic? Well, I I actually thought about it. You know, um, okay. I seriously considered it. Um, okay. I well, <clears throat> I didn't think about it right at that point. Uh, what I the first thing I did was I I went to my atheist friend who was uh, actually on Discord, um, 
he was someone I, I would talk to all the time about atheist stuff. And we talk about how silly Christians were and stuff. And, um, I, I came to him with this question. I said, Hey man, um, I'm really struggling with this. If the laws of logic, like I told him the same thing I just told you, you know, I'm making, I'm appealing to logic. I'm acting like it's real, but I've never seen logic. I've never held it in my hand, never touched it, but I believe in it. I said, hey, Daniel, I said, Daniel, yeah. Um, I got, I got to go. I just, I'm going to spare everybody the details. There was a personal emergency that I had to attend to, hence the abrupt end.